You're listening to Wolfnet Radio, the show where this Kickstarter isn't their first rodeo. I'll be your host this evening, Matthew. We can bring that bloodbath barons. And tonight, co-host as always, Andrew, the only fairway middle crawl. Good evening, everyone. Happy Easter. And cousin with the most, way Aaron ways to game the system, Coach Crawl. Hi. And Luke, thorough and thought out, Charles Gideon Dirks. Hello, Wolfnet. We'll be waiting for Tommy coming on later on, since he's probably a little busy. Ah, special guest tonight, the one, the only, from a Mecca Bay podcast, Josh, Mr. Tournament of Varga. What's going on, Mech Warriors? And Denim Eclipse Hardman. Welcome to the show. Howdy, howdy. He's sort of also on the McBay podcast, but he only showed up till like episode four. So that's right. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate getting four. some of your stickers because stickers are the way to go. Yes, I finally got a McBay sticker. I'm I love so stickers. happy. That will go on my painting case with the rest of them. <laughs> fly all the way to Schomburg to hand those to you guys. Exactly. We take pride in those stickers. <laughs> Flying. I didn't give you any of the dice. Josh, I didn't give him dice. Yeah, we don't have dice. Oh, they don't have dice yet. Calm down. That's step number two. The that is, you know, dice stickers are awesome and needed. Dice are just like the cherry on the top. Those are, are the best. Because then you can uh, curse them or praise them as you play. Just a little heads up, though, guys. If you roll your own dice, they will fail you all the time. <laughs> That's why yeah. I don't have it. And you if anybody roll your own dice, and if anybody uses your dice against you, they will always hit every Twelve. time. Yep, tens are better. I, Science can't that luck. I can't put that luck in someone else's hands, so <laughs> there can't be any McBay dice. <laughs> just, just give them one. Just give them hey. one dice. <laughs> I well, got a single off. die from somewhere in Abdepticon, and I'm very mad because it's just a single die, and I don't know where I got it from, so I, I couldn't <laughs> go and get a second matching one. So mad, because I can't use it. Can somebody claim it. this so I can get another one? That's right. <laughs> use it as like a non-infantry cover uh, dice or something like that. Ah, gross. Movement dice or something like that. That'd be... So I don't think I'll figure out a single dice roll somewhere. Let's kick off with some interview questions. Uh, when did you guys decide to start Battletech Podcasts? Oh, man. This was early COVID. It was like right around November, December. And I couldn't go play Battletech. And it was literally ripping at my soul because I had just like fully gone into like the plastic, a game of armor combat, gotten some metal mechs. And I was really starting to like go hard into it. And I was like, I can't go play. I don't like Mega Mech enough to like really commit to the everyday Mega Mech stuff. Like we tried doing a campaign and it was okay. And I was like, I still had to go into work during all this. So I was still driving in every day. And I was like, the radio is too depressing right now. Can't listen to my own music. That's, it's, that's what I do in my happy time. And I was like, okay, let me look for Battletech podcast. And there was like, two or three out there you guys being one of them <laughs> i know i know I'm, yeah those and, were early days yeah and i was like oh man like i don't want to say what battletech podcast out there were not great but coming from like a warhammer podcast like 
I was like, nobody is talking about the game and like what's happening in the game and like what's new product on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. Like, and I was like, you can say you could do it better. And I was like, and I think Jedim specifically told me like in one of our campaign days, and he's like, be the change you want to be in the world. And unfortunately, I'm a man fueled by rage and <laughs> angst. And I was like, you're right. I can do this. I so see Denim just holding up a cat poster that says, be the change you want to be. <laughs> that, that was so much nicer than what I actually said, because we were not at a campaign day. We were at a tournament, and and he was complaining about not having enough Battletech podcasts. And I'm like, look, guy, because I didn't know him. I just met him. I'm like, if if there's not enough out there that you like, make one that, that, that you do like. And that's what you should do. <laughs> so I literally went out bought a microphone, bought all the software. And like, before I even had the microphone, I had the intro like all done. And I was like, cool, I just need co-host now. And that was kind of like where it went from there. So you guys came, uh, I'm assuming you both came from a Warhammer 40k background. No, he I did. came from a Battletech background. Just, just Josh. Yes, okay. at least one of them. Because I was yeah. wondering. <laughs> yeah, I played Warhammer when I couldn't find anyone to play Battletech with, but I had been playing Battletech for decades before I I yeah. ever picked up a Warhammer or anything. Because I was I was wondering, like, obviously you had a passion of starting a podcast and getting it out there, and I was wondering what was the sole purpose of doing Battletech over 40K? Because, you know, during your hobby, hobby progress, I always hear you guys are like, well, I did get this army painted up, and I did get it, but it's like not Battletech, it's Warhammer 40K. Yeah, that's but... not me, that's, that's Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always Battletech. So what was the main focus you wanted to talk about mainly with Battletech? What was what was going to be the niche you were going to get into? Classic is a very deep rule set. And even playing locally, like every week, even two times a week, we were still learning stuff every time. And I was like, no one, no one's specifically talking about rules. Like there's a lot of lore podcasts and YouTube videos. Like Tex was doing lore, like blowing it out of the water. And I was like, lore is cool. I want to know, like, how do I do the movement phase correctly? That is stuff I like to listen to while I'm driving because it's like passive feeding into my brain. And interject once here's Tommy still waiting for Hour of the Wolf to be in audiobooks. I don't see Raven showing up. Welcome back, Tommy. Hey, thanks. I still blame the Valhalla podcast for it not being out yet. <laughs> I do too. 100%. It is all their fault. Trent, get it out. Come on. I, I keep completely agree. But uh, to go back, um, you're right. Classic was a, a void out there because we didn't really talk classic just mainly because I don't think a lot of us played classic anymore. Uh, we Ever since we started our Alpha Strike 350 thing, we kind of dove head, head first into that. And there was a void for classic you know, like you said, gameplay, mechanics, um, how do I, you know, break down Gator, you know, all that stuff. And yeah. and I think you guys have filled that tremendously. Well, I appreciate hearing that from you. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was, oh, don't, don't, don't be too high on the horse. I mean, I don't know if Aaron knows how to spell classic anymore. It's <laughs> one S, right? <laughs> uh, but it, it's one of those where I, I know how to play classic. 
a little bit, but listening to your guys' podcast, it's like, oh, that's right. I remember that's what you're supposed to do instead of Alpha Strike, and that's where they differ, and this is how you're supposed to do it over here. So I I think you guys definitely found that void and filled it uh, really well uh, from the classic side. Classic's always been important to me. I mean, I literally, I've got the, the original box set in my garage, and I keep those dice so that when I play against people, I can be like, these dice are older than you, and I'm going to beat you <laughs> with these dice. <laughs> so I want to maybe dive further into that. Where do you think Classic is these days? I know uh, that the Alpha Strike box set has come out, and... You know, Alpha Strike is slowly gaining some foothold. I think it's still the the stepbrother or you know the the runt of the right family. But yeah, it's it's the younger child. It's yeah, yeah. it's but- it's definitely at at our store getting getting a lot more popular. Um, we routinely on our Tuesday nights have like three or four tables of classic and two full tables of Alpha Strike these days. So like we've got we've got at least two large alpha strike games going on every week and i've always i've always equated classic to like the D &D of of battletech where it is percent you you walk through everything it's very visual it's cinematic it's all this other stuff it's the stories for sure like like alpha strike is a lot of fun because you can get a whole lot of units and it would be like the stories of of that company or that battalion, but but classic is the story of the mech warrior, and you get these, you get these stories like, um, you know, we had a we had a a one v one v one recently, had a victor with uh like two light mechs. I think it was a, a sentinel and a and a, a well two medium mechs, a sentinel and a kentaro, and and the victor had split its fire and blew the legs off of both of the mechs the same turn. Um, but as they fell, they each shot the victor, knocking it down, and it got an ammo crit when it fell and exploded. Uh, so these these two one-legged medium mechs like like took down this this victor, and it was fantastic. And you don't you don't get those stories in Alpha Strike, but those those stories are still told at our store today, and, and they're they're exciting. So sure, the games take you know five or six times longer. But you get the story of the mech warrior that that is passed on, you know, from from game day to game day. Agreed. Or, I know. I mean, all of us have that story, I believe. Yeah. 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 Pretty close. I uh, I know that uh, playing classic, <clears throat> uh, you get all the uh, the jargon and stuff, and I and I still to this day, even if I'm playing Alpha Strike and I roll a two, I'm like, oh, it jammed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I know exactly how that is. I, I still play it that way. Or, hey, I rolled a two. It's a, It must be in the center torso or something like that. So, uh, yeah. It just, I think one of our favorite sayings is you roll a five or a nine in Alpha Strike for a crit. We always say, in the dirt. Yep, in the dirt. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it's it's really funny how all that classic jargon does come through, even through Alpha Strike. So, because we all, I mean, obviously, we all yeah. came from classic. There was no yeah. Alpha Strike. Classic is never going to go away. It's too. It's too niche. It's too. Um, there's just. There's just too many people who learned with that um, and and passed it on to their kids. Uh, it may not always be the more popular system, but it's it's always going to be around. There's always going to be people who be like, I want to play some classic today, uh, no matter what. I mean, I went to to Nova to learn how to play Alpha Strike because I knew that. I was going to have to demo it at my store and you know the best way to learn the rules is to go you know 
go play a tournament. Um, so, so I did, I did go and learn it and I do teach it, but, uh, but classic will always be my, will always be my favorite and my go-to. It is the foundation of Battletech it, and it always will be. Um, I, I don't think that's ever going to go away. Like you said, Alpha Strike may be in the next year or so the flashy thing, but you'll still have, and I'm just hoping that people understand that you, there's the classic versus Alpha Strike, you know, struggle no, no, the, out there. One is peanut butter, the other one's jelly. And they both <laughs> hey, go together. That Alpha Strike box set is amazing. <laughs> and and all those mechs you can use in classic. So I you know, I don't mind. Whatever. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's we've always tried to like say, like, hey everybody, we can get along. It's fine. It's just two different ways to play Battletech. And uh but some hey, some people are diehard classic, some people are Alpha Strike, and that's just hey. the way they feel. You just, just wait. Battle Force is coming back. Battle Force, <laughs> that's where it's at. I, I hear you talking about be. that all the time. <laughs> Battle so where, Force. where is this base of operations you guys are talking about with the tables? and re- So we're um, in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. So we're we're East Coast time. So East Coast. Yeah, so that's why we're able to like do all the Nova and Southern Assault stuff, because it's pretty much all in our backyard. Sweet. I've heard North Carolina is slowly becoming like the hotbed of BattleTech these days, especially it's for crazy. players and player base alone. Well, like since since COVID, since we started the the podcast, uh, I've been um, I've been doing all my stuff at at Hangar Eighteen Hobbies, which was just a little one room hobby shop. It's mostly uh, airplanes, RC cars, RC airplanes, um, a lot of Warhammer, but it was like one of the few places that that sold some BattleTech stuff. Um, and I think, I think when I started as a CDT agent there, there were three people who played BattleTech. So we, we, you know, we'd set up, it wasn't even enough to set up a weekly type game. It was just a once a month, you know, that's, we're going to play BattleTech, um, at Hangar 18 once a month. But, but now I guess it's what been five years later. So yeah, this was, this was well before the, uh, um, uh, the dawn. The yeah, it, it was well before we started. We started the MechMay podcast. This is when I was just a CDT guy all by myself. But now, five years later, like our our most recent campaign day was was yesterday. It was Easter Saturday, and a bunch of people were out sick, and we still had thirty six people show up. Uh, and normally we have more than that, and it's just it's just crazy. Um, the guy who runs Hangar Eighteen had to had to move to a bigger store and then purchase the store next door and knock down the wall to set up more gaming tables. So he has expanded twice since I started as a CDT agent there. Nice. nice. Was there an X-Wing group called Hangar 18? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they have stickers and t-shirts and everything. That's them. Oh, he's going to go Uh-oh. find some swag. <laughs> oh, is, is it, does he have the t-shirt or the sticker? I, I bet he I, does. I bet he's got bet a he's regional got or something. Yeah. But no, our, our area is actually really blessed to have like multiple game stores all within like a 35 40 minute drive like when you're not playing at hangar 18 you're playing at one of a bunch of other gaming stores so when we opened up like our local discord to like hey we're playing BattleTech, i think we increased like not just double we've tripled our member count just yeah from all these people that were playing at different stores that had never really interacted yeah. So you guys are kind of the catalyst yeah. to bring all these different groups together. Don't say catalyst in that way. <laughs> 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 all right, well. 
<laughs> no, I, and I I can say the same thing. I mean, when I when I started doing when we got when 350 started taking off, I noticed that we didn't have a Minnesota BattleTech Facebook group. Within 24 hours, I had 125 members. And I have I haven't started a Discord server yet for us, but just the communication back and forth that's happening on the Facebook page now of hey, we're getting together at this time at this place, or there's a reoccurring game being set up at the source, or you know, we play every Wednesday at Dreamers Vault. Um, it's really cool to see everybody getting together and the friendships and the bonds that are formed. I mean, that you look at just the, the 350 crowd and, you know, the friendships that are made and, and the things that people do, you know, to come out and, and see you is, it's phenomenal. It's humbling. How, how oh, cool it's crazy. And yeah. how exciting that is to see a community that spans states, right? Yeah. So when you talk about the community out there in North Carolina, what kind of people are coming in with what kind of lists or what kind of aspirations or excitement? What do you oh. usually see? Yeah. Okay. Got- so first of all, I've got the, uh, the second Saturday of every month we do the campaign and that's just something that, that I've been working on. Um, Josh is writing a lot of the missions for it. It's, it's a classic campaign that, that runs all day long. Um, but it, it goes into time slots and that's where we get our, the most people and they're very excited about that. So it's classic. Um, I limit it to only things you can find in the battle mech manual. So I'm not making it an era type thing. It's just whatever, whatever's in the battle mech manual is okay to go on your mech. Uh, and they earn supply points to upgrade their, their mechs and pilots. Um, and, and they get a big kick out of that, but I have that broken up into like beginner tables and then the more veteran people have their own tables. So I, I always run the newbies, uh, and get them up to speed. When you but say also, time slots, when you say time slots, how long are the time slots? Um, I, I about three hours each, three three and a half hours. How many people um, do you have at a table? Are you able to complete a game in that amount of yes, time? Yes, because it's a campaign really? mission. Therefore, like it's not always clear the field. It's it's achieve this goal or do this this thing or or grab this and get off the map or you know there's so there's there's a there's a concrete objective that we're working with, and because the entire op four is run by one game master, they can help speed things up if time is starting to get oh, wow. starting to get okay. close at the end. That's so great. it's a it's we we have um, four to six players per table, and then a GM who's who's running all the op four for that. Are table. the are the GMs dedicated, or does everybody take take a turn? Uh, they um they're not dedicated because some of the GMs do play. Uh, at different time slots, but they get bonuses to their, you know, to their stuff for, for running it. So I'll give them a supply oh, point bonus okay. just, just for showing up and running a table for me. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. But then, then we've got our weekly Tuesday games, which are just pickup games. And that's where we get the alpha strike players sometimes. Um, and, and those are all different. So we have some people doing in classic, we've got them doing the, uh, the trial of positions. Uh, some people have a, um, a Solaris uh, league starting up. Um, I think our most common is seven hundred and uh, seven thousand five hundred BV um, uh, ill clan lists. Yeah, and and so you can get like you know two or three clan mechs um, paired with uh, you know four to five 
Intersphere mechs with good skills, and those games normally take about two and a half, three hours to to finish. So, um, that that's our our biggest thing. We we normally get about twenty five people out there um, on any given just random Tuesday evening, but we'll have forty or more for our for our Saturday campaign game. That's fantastic. Well, and that's that was uh, you mentioned earlier, you know getting people from different communities that was our big thing for our 350s we wanted a standardized way to do a pickup game mm-hmm. you know because you try to do a pickup game in, cl- in classic or even alpha strike and it's like okay you have to run down a list of things that you're going to bring or agree on and that was our big our big thing for the 350s we're, we're just if you say you're bringing a 350 list, it's balanced and, and you know what you're doing. Just show up and play. And, and Exactly. And you need that. to know that beforehand, not not when you get there. Because if you try it when you get there, you're never going to finish a game ever. Yeah. You need to come, yep. set up the map, you're ready to go. Yep. So And with yeah. you running campaigns, like they already know ahead of time. It's like, well, I just bring this 7500 and, and there's a game master that's that's there to make sure everything runs smoothly. So when you're there for three hours, you're playing for three hours. Right, You're right. There's no downtime. For an hour and a half. Correct. <laughs> and, yes. then, and then you finally get to roll dice. That's right. that's where I think the whole community of Battletech players need to get to is, you know, get to playing more, not not discussing or arguing or or, you know, going over the finer rules of our, you know, what are we going to bring? Because Battletech is that game, right? It right. is so open ended that it can be literally anything. And if, if you haven't decided what it's going to be, you're never going to decide right like when you get there. Right. right. Yeah. I think one of the biggest critiques is people start to, you know, bash or, you know, approve or disapprove, but yet they haven't played. And that's the biggest miss on the hook is they need to play to have that experience to comment. Yeah. And it didn't happen overnight. Like it, like I said, it took years of a very consistent, like this is going to happen every Tuesday. And over years, we had a core group of people who played enough to to be able to help the newer players get into those into those habits and and you know just just be able to roll dice faster. Um, and and our game started picking up. You took a game that would normally take six hours to play, and we can get that done in under three hours now. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much store wide, it's very rare to have a game go over four hours, even in classic. So that's impressive. Yeah, but the store well. does stay open late on Tuesdays. Because <laughs> hey, of this. That's how they're making money. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yeah, they are. So where do you see you guys going uh, to with McBay and uh, the other tasks you're doing in the next year? Oh, oh we're going man. to Disney World. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Disneyland. I mean, he did win. <laughs> the Alpha Strike 350. So, I mean... Oh, that's right. Take that prize money. Take us all to Disney World, man. <laughs> he is a professional Alpha Strike player, I heard. That's oh, still, not a, still, not a grand, still not a Grand Slam, though. We need a Grand Slam yet. What's a Grand Slam? The, Ooh, the Grand Slam, slam would be LVO, Blood Name, Adepticon, and Gen Con. <laughs> and and, and all, on the, all on the same like the, the same format. So same, you can't jump around. Year. Oh, same format. Same need to win year. everything. Need to win everything. Yep. <laughs> I was like, can I cash in Southern Assault Nova and an Adepticon? Does that? No. Oh, okay. All right. Not, Look, I'm got one multiple, of each. Only multiple <laughs> attack roll battle tech. 
Um, but where do we see the McVay podcast in like the next year? I want to just say continuing what we're doing. Like we have new Kickstarter units coming out. So we have to talk about how people can use VTOLs, how people can use tanks, um, how to run like a mercenary campaign using C-bills. Like that's right. Just and continually we're gonna, yeah. expanding on what's coming out. Because I yeah. mean, a big portion of us is just doing the news and kind of teaching people how to use what is actually being sold as yeah. a new product. Well, for classic side, I mean, they're, they're doing those new assets. They got the right. asset card and all this other stuff. So there's a whole nother, cause I'll, I'll not lie. It's hard to do vehicles in classic. Yeah. But that's just it. Um, is it, they're not getting rid of the total warfare rules either. So we'll be no. going over both. Here's how the total warfare does it. Here's how the BSPs do it. And then you get to choose which is best for your game. But we'll cover them both. It, it's a good compare and contrast. Uh, and it, that, like I said, content, baby. It's, that's what the game's all about. So <laughs> You heard it God. here f- first, folks. McBay is full of masochists. <laughs> 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 you wanna, if you're going to go through all those rules, man. Whew. More power to you. Thank you, guys. Denim already brought up Battle Force. We already know right. they're masochists. Yeah, I should should have should have just said it then. I, I don't know what I what, what I was waiting on. Well, Andrew brought up this uh, past weekend at Adepticon uh, Battle Troops, so he's uh, he's on a soapbox trying to get that back up and running. My ultimate we'll game. To... I want to get my yeah. ultimate game in sometime. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he wants to combine all of them. Alpha Strike Classic, Battle Troops, the whole thing. Yeah. Into yeah. one giant game. Yeah, yeah one no, really uh, long weekend. A nice uh, <laughs> nice four-day weekend. Sure. Yep. Yeah, I know we have uh, folks out here in Colorado that are wanting to do the same thing. All the way from, uh, you know, Aerotech from uh, basically insertion into the uh, the system all the way down to mano y mano. And, and back up, you know, which, yeah, that, that's a lot of, <laughs> lot of rules to memorize. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot of layers of that onion. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yes, moving on. Uh, I kind of wanted to ask you guys, what's your general opinion or... You know, where do you guys see the content creator part of Battletech going? Because uh, we have everything from YouTubers to podcasters to bloggers to all this other stuff. It now that the now that we've gone through multiple Kickstarters and millions and millions of dollars, and now they're I think we're up to almost twenty thousand backers in the mercenary. Uh, Battletech is like, and we always say it, and it just keeps going on in a renaissance or a golden age right now. And it seems like there's a lot of people that want to get in on the content creation. Um, and I'm just wondering where, what's your guys' opinion or where are you guys at with, with more diluted, uh, you know, quantity over quality kind of a thing? I mean, I think you can see it best in just who is putting out content right now. And you're seeing a lot of names, like literal usernames are not Battletech usernames. They're like Warhammer or D&D or some other you know, IP name that are doing Battletech content. And I I don't want to be pessimistic and say they're just going with the flow, but I am really excited that Battletech has become a big enough, you know, product that 
these people are not, I don't want to say jumping ship, but seeing how fun of a ship the party crews of Battletech is and are coming over, getting their feet wet and like, oh, this is kind of cool. What, what am I doing? Oh, I want to talk about the lore. And that's what they do. I think the f- content creator pool is, isn't full yet. I don't, I don't want to say it's full. So there's still room for a lot of, you know, podcasts, YouTubers and everything to like hop in and do what they want because I I don't want to say there's ever going to be a too much is too bad. What about you, Denim? Oh, <clears throat> yeah. Like, uh, for example of that, the Penny Arcade guys who do the Acquisitions Incorporated D&D thing are, are doing a Destiny Alpha Strike uh, campaign. And so far it is fantastic. And they're not stopping their D&D stuff. So they're not like... Like doing one instead of the other, they're just adding it into to their weekly time slot. Um, I am super excited because I've been watching their D and D stuff for fifteen years now. So if they're going to also do BattleTech with Alpha Strike, I mean that's that's only good news. So uh, stuff like that, I think, is great. My worry, not about them, I think they're going to do just fine. But um, a lot of the uh, more novice people who just want to stream themselves playing BattleTech. I mean, it it needs to be edited. Just watching somebody play Battletech is one of the most boring things in the world. <laughs> so you've got to <laughs> you, you've got to edit that and just just make it like the fun parts or or something. Um, but uh, but that's why I think I, I think mission oriented, story oriented Battletech is the best for streaming or things like like painting. Like everybody loves to watch people paint a good mech. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's definitely community content, definitely on the rise, absolutely a good thing. And I hope to see a lot more of it. Did you hear that, Brashido? Yes. <laughs> more content. We know, you have, we know you have all this extra time just lying around, so throw a camera together. <laughs> no, and, and I agree with all of it. It is, uh, Josh, you're right. I don't think it's full yet. I think. Uh, we have a good friend of the of Wolfnet, um, White Fox, who started just doing uh, little snippets of mercenaries, and he puts it out on YouTube and just does like a fifteen minute thing. Little places like that, there's so much opportunity for people to do because BattleTech's so huge. I mean, the mm-hmm. the lore is just forever, and there's multiple games. Just Destiny is something that I know DFA does a lot of Destiny, but that's also an untapped resource a lot of people aren't doing um alpha strike it it, you go down the list i was gonna Um, say like a time of war is their crunchy crunchy rpg but destiny is for streamers a hundred percent like that is it is i'm i'm also glad that they are not abandoning either one that they're going to be supporting both but destiny for for youtube streamers is it's like it was made for it it's just so smooth on there and and cinematic it you get get the board you get the pieces but there's also a, a a role-playing aspect to it a uh, little more than there is in classic uh, right. i think i think it's a very good system I've, I've i've read the rule book one and a half times i'm still trying to wrap my head around it i think like what you said you just got to dive in and do a game yeah you and... dive into the game and you pull out the parts you want don't don't worry about it. if you're like this section doesn't make sense great ignore it yep. you know that's yep. that's the way to do it yep just fluff your way around it and you can figure out where you screwed up later exactly or the YouTube chat will tell you where he's. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I 
overall think BattleTech is just again just taking more and more steps up, and and uh, I think that's the content and creators out there right now are helping a lot to getting people more into the game. I mean, what Client Evasion had eleven thousand backers. Now we're almost to twenty. Mm-hmm. So that's didn't we didn't we also uh, see that BattleTech climbed into the list of games being played? What number? Yeah, six slot or six. something. Yeah, it's crazy. It it is uh, a very meteoric rise uh, in the miniatures world that BattleTech has taken. Um, I think it all comes down to creating new miniatures that look great. Yes, uh, <laughs> I, I know we we've all probably gone through the generations <laughs> of, uh, and we. When the lance packs came out, we're like, "Ooh, new new minis!" But are they really? Uh, not really. <laughs> but that new yeoman coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when they when they finally stepped it up and they they got it right, I think they got it right. And you're seeing, you know, you put a good product on the table, people are going to flock to it. So yeah. And uh, they definitely did at Adepticon, which. I think we can just dive right into our uh, Adepticon uh, series here. Um, Some of those vehicles look amazing. Yes. So this will be the largest section of tonight's discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. It will certainly be, hopefully, not the saltiest. (laughs) So uh, Andrew and I went as Wolfnet. We ran the Alpha Strike 350 tournament on the Friday of Adepticon. Adepticon was the launch party question mark of uh, of the Mercenaries Kickstarter, which kicked off Thursday and uh, blew everybody's expectations out of the water. I, I I have anonymous sources that said that they were not even they weren't even thinking this high. They they had a very marginal number and it blew past that. And I think. 10 hours not so, even they, the initial number that everyone thought they had done in the first two hours mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they thought they were going to do for the for the first four days right i mean so, moving forward can they just start to hope and realize that they can certainly pull everybody out i mean can they got to you got to keep into perspective too i mean catalyst is a small company and yeah that's what i'm saying they need to take they, this money and put it into infrastructure and but i mean you have to understand too that uh, where they're conservative you know why they're looking at it so conservatively is because they are a small company yeah and you as a small company i mean i'm sure aaron you can attest to this as a small company you can't really put it way out there on a on a risk and hope especially on an ip like BattleTech. yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean Let's just let's just put that out there. BattleTech as an IP has not been the most stable of IPs out there. I mean, it's lasted this long, but that's just because sure. of, people just refuse to give up on it. It flew under the radar for like the <laughs> longest time. Like it had it it came up above ground for a couple times, but I I think Catalyst has played it correctly for you know in general that don't. Don't overassume things. Play things a little safe. Keep the cards close to your chest. But I think now everyone in the community is kind of seeing like, hey, you, we want you close to our Warhammer tables. Like, 
Yeah. That's because they finally have pretty minis. Like that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have something to show off. <laughs> well, um, it, but to be honest with you, I don't even know if I'd go so far as it to be. I mean, one of the things that I'm I've been critical about, you know, before. I mean, classic has a place, and I do enjoy a classic game. Played played this last Friday, but in a big convention, and this is one of the things that we attempted to do with 350 was to make BattleTech look like it belonged in the room. Right. Yeah. When you go through and you walk through and you see all the Warhammer and all the historicals and uh, Legion and uh, X Wing and X Wing, uh, I mean, just Malifaux all the other games. And Infinity. And at, I mean, you just rattle look them all at their off. Tables. Their tables are what brings people to come check it out. The minis help, but it's the tables that, that are the thing that you can see from 50 feet away and go, Holy shit, what are those guys doing? Let's go check that out. Is that a part of terrain? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying, the tables. And that's been a... I was very happy to see in the demo area um, that we had 3D terrain on the hex tables. Um, it just... It, it continues to frustrate me that people think a, a hexed paper map is good enough at a convention it it isn't anymore and we have a player base now that i think deserve better and we see people going above and beyond and in doing doing those things that i think is why one of the reasons you're seeing double the amount of backers that we had after the first kickstarter we have double the amount and i think it's because People have been doing a good job about evolving the game past the antiquated ways that that they've been being done. Now the player base is definitely taking it to another level as well. Um, I think just as BattleTech in general is just evolving to the next step, and I think that we're all getting there at the same time. Um, but you you could just kind of see the disbelief in Catalyst Game Lab people just like we just can't believe it and then all of a sudden it hit two million and then it hit three million and then it just it just wouldn't stop and they're just like it was they were just kind of wandering around like i don't know what to do now (laughs) well i think what was it the first the first day by the end of the day we had gone over two million dollars which means we blew through all of the stretch goals that were thought of (laughs) so more Damn. uh well i you know hats off and congratulations to the to the battletech community for with a very very loud voice saying we're back on the map so yeah wonderful but and at adeptcon i they rolled out every day had a tournament format going on and the cdt uh, area as well as grinder tables to the eye could see um i believe first day was btcc alpha strike ours was uh the 350 uh was friday friday saturday was the btcc classic yep Yep. and then sunday Sunday was the the battletech open that was also a classic event so two alpha strike two classic events which was pretty good um one of the reasons, not just his pretty face and his beautiful tone that we have Josh on the show tonight, is that uh, he 
played in all of them. Once like again, the, man he was. the, the, like, the masochists from Mech Bay. <laughs> that's what was, Charles already called the, called him out. So, <laughs> so I, I guess Josh, we'll go to you first. Just give us like a rundown. What was, and, and you go further into this in your own podcast, but just as a general, what, what was that like? Oh man, it was waking up every day wondering why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, it was, I wanted to taste all the different ways of playing Battletech and I figured might as well get it all done at the same event to like literally compare day to day. All right. Which do I like? It's kind of like going to four buffets at once. Like you're going (laughs) to hate it. You're going to hate yourself after you eat everything, but you're, then you're going to know which one you're going back to. Maybe you got the facts. You got the facts. Yeah. So it was a little bit of like, okay, this is my on-site reporting. If Denim's running, you know, the other two tables, I'm at the other other two tables, then we've got all our bases covered for Adepticon. I, I yeah, will you- say, I, I I never, I think I walked in front of the streaming table once, like while it was actually streaming. I was like, oh, I guess they are doing a Kickstarter here. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I don't know how well you did the others, but you definitely won, went 5-0 and oh on the Alpha Strike 350, so he is our Adepticon 350 champion. Round of applause. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so, Juan, I want to congratulate you, because your list was, um, how do I put it? Be honest, kind be of, honest. Kind of what we were looking for. Like, you had all your bases covered. By something. That's that's one thing that we're trying to teach people when they're creating a 350 list is like, hey, you have eight possible scenarios. You don't know which one you're playing. You're going to play five or four, but you have to be able to prepare yourself for each each one. And they're all different. I mean, some of them are similar in a certain aspect. You know, some are speed, some are firepower, some are defense or whatever. Um, and one thing I took away from our 350 event Friday was a lot of people question why we ask you to bring 350 but only play with 200. And throughout the day, people that were new, they're like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, one is the reason we play 200 is time. Uh, the one thing we wanted to do is be able to get an Alpha Strike game in in 80 minutes. Be able to pick up everything, move to another table, get the train set up, go right into another game. And uh, <laughs> turns out we were missing a very key component in our tournament uh, running abilities, which was a printer. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, and Andrew will showcase his new portable printer as uh, <laughs> he just went out and bought. Because uh turns out when you post table numbers, uh, instead of Andrew walking up and down the aisle yelling. Way, way easier. <laughs> way oh easier. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so um, we thought the 350 went very well, very smooth. Um, a lot of the lists were great. Um, your list in particular, I looked at. It covered all the bases you had. You know, a 200 for domination. You had a 200 for King of the Hill. You had to turn, you know. So I was really happy with that. How did you, I know you broke down your list in, in your podcast, but just generally, how, how were, did you feel the, the tournament went and your lists, that your list 
compared to others and just, I guess, just your, your general attitude towards the tournament? Uh, I mean, I can go into my list. I, I have no problems if you want me to, you know, go through what I took and kind of why. That's up to you. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I took a Battlemaster 3M, a Kentaro 20, a Black Knight 9, a Shadowhawk 2HT. And I should like just first say that all those do four damage in short and medium. Um, and they're all skill four. That's kind of like my big chunky block of my list. Like, they all kind of do roughly the same thing, but each bring a different like specialty. Like Battlemaster is the tanky, you know, Battlemaster. Uh, Kentaro, it's a faster medium. The Black Knight, it's there for melee. So like all of those have like the same core stat line that I'm looking for, but each of them can do a little bit of a job differently. Uh, I took a Ryzen 101A, a Mercury 99, a Oscout 7K, and an Antos Heavy Tank 3053 upgrade. Um, and that's kind of like my second block, I should say. So those are like the hyper-specialized units that I have to... If I'm taking one of those, it's because that's more mission-specific than the others. Like the Antos, it's throwing out seven damage at medium and short, like... If I need to kill an opponent's list, I'm taking that. If I don't, then I'm taking something else. If I need speed, the Mercury and the Oscout can generate high TMMs. I'm taking them. The Ryzen's just kind of like the all-purpose cheap, can jump behind Brawl if it needs to. Do, do whatever it needs. Um, and the other third of my list is like... I, I don't want to call these the hyper-hyper-specialized, but that really is what that last bit is, and that's my... Chaparral artillery tank at skill two. I've got two Pegasus Scout hover tanks that are unarmed at skill seven. I've got a uh, two units of Space Marine Comguards warship fleet marines skill five. Two units of Surveillance Specialist Comguards battlefield data miner skill six, and then a Tornado Power Armor Light uh, Flamer Squad at skill four. And those are like if I need infantry, I've got infantry. If I need fast moving hovers, quote unquote, because technically the data miners are hovers. I've got them. I've got cheap transports to, that can sit on objectives. And of course, I've got an artillery tank. If I, if I, I'll admit, this is my first time using artillery. I'm not a big fan of artillery, but I, I even recognize, okay, sometimes you kind of want to put a pie plate on someone. <laughs> sometimes that dasher is coming a little too fast. <laughs> yeah, and nothing kills dashers better than an auto-hitting two-damage pie plate. <laughs> With uh, with your skill sets in your list, did you see anything that countered it very much? Uh, high armor and high damage. Like if you if you were just there to purely kill me, I couldn't really like, tango with anyone for more than a turn or two. And I had a few opponents that like really pressed me on. Like they were they were the walking bricks, and I was like, I can't, I can't fight with that. Like this, nothing in my list is there to just like. Two through thirty-five structure and armor. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always get scared when I see those lists. Yeah. Were you, like, were you uh -oh. able to were you able to re-strategize on the whim and run around them like a rabbit and stay behind them? Uh mostly it was just on those games, like that that's where they okay, you can either have the great mission or the great opponent. And I was like, as long as I don't get both of those at the same time, <laughs> then I'm okay. And thankfully it never worked out. So on those it was they took their, you know, 
blocker all linebacker list to the objective mission. I was like, okay, I just have to play the objective for four turns and I can hopefully have someone left at the end. Yeah, it was, um, I know you had a couple of good games, especially your last game against Paul, I think. Uh, that was, I think that was one of your few games that actually went to time, I think, or close to. Yeah, that was, that was close to time, but that was, that wasn't because we were slow playing. That was just because it was like nail biting. Like, okay, yeah. every move has to be perfect. Yeah. I kept checking in on that game and I was like, oh man, this is, this is a, a good battle going on here. So had a lot of good battles, uh, throughout, um, I think everyone had a good time. Uh, I do, I do want to get on a soapbox for everyone who was there and for everyone who's listening. Better make it a big one because I'm going to jump up right next to you. One thing that we really need to, and Andrew and I and every, everybody who runs a 350 tournament uh, should put in their little speech ahead of time is it is okay to raise your hand and call a judge. In a competitive tournament, like if some, even if you think he he is right but something or or anything just raise your hand and call judge um that is one thing we we heard from a couple of different people and it was over minor things like line of sight or big things where they had the rule uh written differently or or read differently or they had a different uh uh version of the rule book that they read just just call a judge. It's very simple. It's not a dick move. Uh, it happens all the time. One of our things that we're trying to teach people is people are new to Battletech and competitive events. Like usually Battletech and competitive don't go together. So we're trying to break through that wall. And one thing is to call a judge. It's, it's a very simple thing to do. Um, the rules are mostly spelled out (laughs) (laughs) mostly mostly but again uh with the the erratas that are coming out and some other things but it's a judge call uh and and it's a very simple way to to take care of a of a dispute or a disagreement or anything like that and uh that's just my psa for moving forward is it's okay to raise your hand and call a judge even and, if you get in the complexity or the speed of battle, <clears throat> I've even called you guys as judges because it's like, we're doing this. I, I, I'm, in, I'm intending to do this. They countered. Does that seem right? And they're just like, yes. So yep. don't I miss that opportunity. Just a second check. I think I call a TO at least three to four times an event on average. And it's not for like anything. It's just like, hey, I just want the like the judge the legal law i want god himself to come down and say whether i'm right or am i wrong and i don't care if like right or wrong at the end of the day it's just i just need in this moment i need that decision and as soon as they say it i'm like cool i'm moving on to the next problem yep so to so i said i was standing next to you um for me one of the bigger things with calling a judge over is we have made 350 approachable for new players. So we get a lot of people who show up who have maybe played a game, maybe played a handful of games. One of the things that we're attempting to do as well is ensure that people are playing the game correctly, right? They're interpreting the rules correctly so that when they go home and they play with their local groups, 
those local groups are learning how to play correctly as well. Nothing is, there isn't a worse taste in your mouth when you go to a tournament and you've been doing something a certain way and you find out you've been doing it wrong for however long, right? That's the purpose. That's another purpose of the judge. Even if it's, if you have a question or just like Matt said, I, I'm, I'm trying to do this. Does this sequence work? There is zero reasons that you can't call a judge over and just validate that. And, and we had, go if ahead. If you think the judge is wrong, call the other judge. <laughs> well, Mom said I could. I, had a, I want to I talk had, to dad. I had an interesting, I had an interesting thing happen that actually kind of made me pucker a little bit. Um, I had an individual said, uh, I'm dismounting this infantry. And right here in the rule book, it says they have two inches less of move, meaning they could move after dismounting. And I'm like, they can't freaking do that. It's never been that way. Well, it says right here in the book. And I'm like, have I been doing this wrong? So I went back <laughs> and I grabbed my book and I looked at it and I'm like, okay, I'm reading the same sentence that he has and it's not there. Then I went to go check the printing. Mine was fifth and his was fourth. So there is technically they were strike, both right <laughs> alpha strike again for, for those that don't know alpha strike has gone through um some iterations of finding things that went through the first time that just didn't work correctly on the table um so that is why i mean 10 years i think alpha strike's been around 10 11 years something like that and we're on a fifth printing, which means every two years we're getting a new book. And I know we're getting close to potentially having another one. So um, always know that things are evolving. And always check your references and revs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's a, a good point of before going to a big event, go, go to the errata page, uh, you know, look it up, make sure that you have the, the current errata. Um, we even ran into that before, uh, I don't know which one battle barn, but, but they like dropped a rata like the week of, so then it was, it was like, oh yeah, all, all of these clarifications that we thought we knew now we either really know them or we're wrong. So, um, yeah, just, just gotta be mindful of it because the, uh, you know, if you're running around with the second printing, you're, you're going to be out of date. Hey, and I yeah. and I will say, and I give a shout out to Greek Fire and to Nicastral too. They are much more cognitive of events that are happening, and when we have tournaments that are going on, where they will hold off on putting out a brand new errata or doing a massive change to MUL before a big event. So, um, shout out to those two for watching out for us. And Especially did you guys ever Greek hear about what happened at LVO? No, no, I was just going to say that we are spoiled, though, because <laughs> NC Kestrel is local to us. So when we do have have uh, questions, he's at Hangar 18 sometimes, and we'll be like, oh. hey, what did you mean in the book when you were talking about this? Uh, so, so, you know, when we have presents to send him, we can send them to you guys and then you can, you can, and they may or may not out. get to him. That <laughs> is correct. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if we have beef, we so, can, uh, yeah, we have we beef. Your beef. Grade A Iowa beef. So, so anyway, at LVO, we had we had the the LVO tournament, 
And unbeknownst to us, they had the uh, assault battle armor PV change, like waiting in the, the. So we had our tournament, and then they released it the next day. <laughs> Everybody's list was illegal <laughs> by twenty three yeah. points. Mine was. <laughs> so it was. There was a lot of sad faces on the airplane ride home. They were like, "I just painted these, and now I got to change my list." <laughs> So yeah, but, Josh and no, I had that's... the same thing at Nova, right? Didn't they put out like an errata sheet like like the weekend before Nova? That's like, right. Great. There was all kinds of changes in there. I remember you guys talking about that. Um, but yeah, so okay, so I have to dispel something. There's some things. There's word got leaked out that Josh not only got first place but also got best painted. Yeah. Now we're gonna hard. clarify this. This was a vote. This is a democratically held vote. And he won. Now, some people say that's wrong, but we figured he got the votes. He should get the, the award. So You know, I have to I have to live with this guy over here. I have to talk to him on a on on if not a weekly, <laughs> almost daily basis. So, you know, thanks. He's he's gonna have to, the, he's uh, have uh, to increase his screen size for the ego right. build. <laughs> we're, we're we're Josh's grandparents. We get them all sugared up and send them home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here you go, Dan. <laughs> have fun. Uh, no, your your army. I, I should say, if I had to vote for the favorite one, I don't think I could have because the field was just covered with amazing paint jobs, like left and right. It was just crazy good. Oh, I, and... I saw it all, and I was like, I got no chance in here. Like... <laughs> there was, I don't, I, I just don't it, know how. You know what you do. You know what you do when you start when you can't decide on paint. <clears throat> you look for mold lines. <laughs> well, it was. I'm, I'm continually blown away by the great paint jobs that keep showing up to these tournaments, which turn make like what Andrew's saying, you know, the the sexiness of Battletech just goes to another level because people look and they're like, oh, those terrain pieces look really cool and this that oh my God, look at those mechs. Those are awesome. And I mean you take pictures of a game and it looks like it just you just put it into one of the rule books or something like that. It just looks amazing. And that's what we were going for. Nice. I've gotten more people interested. Like I'm on a bunch of other game discords and group community groups and like they'll have like hobby progress day and i'll post like one of my well-painted mechs and they're like okay that was the that was the push i needed to get over the edge to like these mechs can look good and i'm like yeah yeah they can they finally jumped off the fence yeah all it takes is a good looking you know model slash plastic miniature i mean and now people are bringing like their diorama boards and all this. I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> and there were some really, really good ones. I think oh, LVO, yeah. we had two or three. And then all of a sudden, Adepticon, there was like six or seven or eight uh, diorama boards. I'm like, oh, okay. So these these people came from a different game and they're uh, they're going all out, which I, I appreciate. I, I need to get into that world as well, so... But, uh, no, that was, that was 350. Uh, Josh... Any any 
anything you want to tell us that we can make our event better because that's our biggest thing is we try to get as much feedback as we can and then apply that to the next tournament so anything you know you're a champion now you got the you got the swag you got the trophies oh you want it what, on uh, air you want it yeah, on air we oh, want it on air oh we're, lord we're an open book i mean the the two things i come away with are for the tournament that 10 minutes in between like okay i can look at your like just the top sheet like the list and if i don't want to say like okay i know I have a lot of downtime at work. I can't help it. And I'm just scrolling master unit list. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what that does. That's the special Shadowhawk that I don't want to fight. <laughs> and I don't want to say that's like the skill gap that I used. But that that was. And I don't want to say change it, but maybe just that quick, like. Yes, you can see the rest of my units. It was like, an edge. You had an edge there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like. Okay, I a newer player can't, you know. Okay, what is a what does a Antos, yeah. you know, do? Like they, they don't know. They just might think, or why is he taking a chaparral, or what's the O scout do? Sure, like, little things. And I'm like, and if a newer player could see those, like in an event, I feel like they could do better because I feel like they could be like, oh, all of his mechs do four damage. Like there's no real difference in what he takes there. I just have to know these few little ones. But that, that's that's not even like a criticism. That's just like a minor thing you know and i know that those two and i know you guys do it for time and i know you guys do it for time so you you figured it out (laughs) yeah no i i I, exactly i'm like nothing i can say is really going to like change it's like okay these things but i also know why you're doing them sure and it's it's not even so much for time it's more of analysis polaris that you just get paralyzed trying yeah. to analyze the army that they're going to play against when you already have a 200 list or you should have a 200 list built for that, for that. Do, and do then go, my oh answer? my God, my 200 list has to blow up because of this one thing. And I'm like, it usually doesn't make that much difference. Yeah, I, took no, no, I took no, I took no prepared 200s. No, no prepared 200s. Oh, no. oh, I don't go that wow. far. I, that's I, disgusting. I, Stop. I, yeah, uh, I, I, I was like, they're gonna hate to hear this, and that's and that's fine. We, no, there's nothing had, wrong with had, it. We've had brand no, new players. We've had brand new players, no older than what, 10, 12, come away doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No the 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 pre made list is basically. Um, no, knowing coming in how to how to get to two hundred in yeah. your list, because there's uh, like for new folks especially they'll come and say they've never put put two hundred together. So they look at the opponent's list, go, okay, I kind of have an idea. So I want to have these four units in there, and have never tried putting those four units together. So then they're like, okay, now I'm at one ninety three. And I don't have any seven point units. What do I do? You know, so then they, they, they just keep recalculating, you know, yeah. you can, you, you can see the swirl bar going on their, on their, uh, on their forehead as they're trying to process through, um, how to get to 200. But, um, I, I am not necessarily a, a proponent of come up with a 200 for every scenario. I am come up with as many 200s as you reasonably can. And there's online calculators that will help you figure out what 200s you can get. 
and then categorize them. So I will go through and mark down like my ECM list, my speed list, all of the different things or my flak list, um, whatever I think I might run into. And then I can weigh against, because I know my units by, by heart. So yeah. if I need speed and flak, I know I have a list for it, but yeah, if you want to, if you want to, you know, just totally go in there free falling, you, you, you can do that. My I mean, biggest cringe is when someone brings out their phone to do the calculator, and I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I'm pretty sure you watched me without my phone. I know, and I cringed I real hard. Two hundred <laughs> minus. Oh, what's this? Oh, minus that. Now that doesn't oh, work. Oh, your MOV. No, no, you can bring the calculator for that. Oh, we we do that like every Thursday night. <laughs> so another thing I have to clarify. So the way we do margin of victory, and I'll I'll spell this ah. out because some people don't read the rule book. It's I, had, I had four events. Do you know how many wrinkles I had reserved? I had one wrinkle in my smooth brain <laughs> for every day, and it just like collapsed. And I was like, by day so, two, I was already dead. Some people ask, why don't you just count up what you destroyed? And I says, well, not everybody brings a full 200 point list. And so if you have somebody bring a 195 point list or Somebody I know played two games with a 189-point list. Mark. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're basically giving those points up because you're, you know, it's not fair because in some of these scenarios, you can, um, you can manipulate the MOV in your favor by bringing a shorter list. You know, yeah. my best list could be these four mechs, excuse me, these four mechs, but it's only 176 points. Well, you you run up your opponent of having the ability to get those points. So to eliminate that problem, we do 200 minus what is left on the board. Now, that was a big, I think that was the biggest conundrum we had during the tournament was everyone was like, no, we just counted up whatever they destroyed. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's not how you do it. And they're like, well, Andrew said that's how you do it. And I went, no. <laughs> I don't think that I have ever played a game correctly. <laughs> so, I don't, don't think when, I've ever done that calculation right. When you need when, he, it, he, when you he, need he call was a sick judge on day. a judge. Hey, these are all baby steps just like normal. <laughs> we all do it every day. Baby steps. Well, that's but dumb. <laughs> anything else, Josh? Cuz I want to head over to Denim on on the craziness that he endured during it up to God. No, I mean, that's that's really it. It's just like being able, essentially that 10 minute slot is where you hand your list. And if you know, if you can look at that first list and see what it, the, your opponent has, and you have nine minutes and 30 seconds to come up with the perfect list to play the mission and the perfect list to counter them, which is... I, I will say... Of somebody that's elite slash professional. Yeah. It's yeah, not exactly. So it's like, okay, there's that... I was like, almost that 10 minutes is too much. <laughs> like, <laughs> it It is supposed to be a premier event. So. Yeah, I know. I know. And I, like I said, it's not a criticism of the yeah, 350 system. I was just like, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think the next time you have to wait nine minutes and 58 seconds longer, you should just bring a fingernail clippers and start clipping Oof. your nails. And just... <laughs> Just, just, just to have fun with it. Just get the get the nail file out. No, no. <laughs> uh, so anyway, just congratulations, Josh, on being the Adepticon 350 champion. Thank you. Uh, you guys put on a great, well-oiled and well-run event. It was an absolute pleasure to play in it. Well, good. Thank we, you. Thank you. We'd like to hear that. Now, Denim, you were in the pit. 
<laughs> yeah, it was. <clears throat> so Josh was stressed the entire time. And for me, it was very much like a vacation. I mean, I, yeah, I had to work every day for, for six hours because I was running the, um, the, the Battletech boot camps and the, and the grinders. Um, but I mean, I knew where I was supposed to be. I knew what I was supposed to be doing and I had free time at the end. And this is just stuff that I do all the time at my store anyway. It was just, you know, I have to do it for, for four days in a row for six hours a day. And it was, uh, it was fantastic. Um, sure. It was stressful, uh, at times, like, like I said, there were boxes of stuff that, that they had ordered that never showed up. So we ran out of prizes for the grinder and they're like, well, what are we going to give people now? I mean, we were, we were opening up, uh, armored combat boxes and just tossing, tossing stuff out. I, I uh, heard there was, you should have been fine with minis because i heard there was a lot of alpha strike boxes that had to be opened up for uh, some terrain that, <laughs> that we gave that all of those <laughs> all of those minis away all of the, yeah the terrain the all the all those terrain counters like there were supposed to be some on every single table and a whole bunch for sale over at the catalyst booth boxes just never showed up i have no idea like like Whoops. why they didn't show up i would it's, search yeah. andrew's basement uh, yeah <laughs> Um, but all in all, like it was, we, it was a, it was a we great pulled time. over every FedEx truck we saw yeah. on the way there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, I, I will gotta, I gotta hand it to CDT cause they ran grinders to the, oh, I can see. I mean, every time, every time an event ended, we're just stood there and staring at the table until they're like, okay, you can have it. And we cleared it off and put another grinder table there and filled it up immediately. Like the whole weekend. We could have put grinders on every table. Like the grinder was basically designed for convention play. It, it's Where? just, it's. I don't think it would work. It wouldn't work at all for like a Tuesday type of thing at my at my local hobby store. If we were going to do that, it would have to be like a Saturday and Sunday uh, event type thing. Um, it is it is built for for conventions for sure. Yeah. It's, it's for the people popular. that want to go play three hours of BattleTech and right. or or four days of BattleTech and just see how many of those little keychains they can get or how well they can do right uh, and then if they if they leave and come back as long as they have the report card they don't have to start from the beginning which yeah. is fantastic yeah it's con it's made for conventions yeah uh, well, i i had no idea what the grinder was before I, I walked in there and i'm like i'm in charge of this what am i supposed to do and they're oh, like no. dude this thing runs itself here's you know here's the station here's what you do and they're right it totally ran itself like i just i had to be there to answer rules questions and i got that so <laughs> yeah uh yeah because nothing like train the trainer kind of action huh <laughs> wow during our 350 tournament um they they were kind of eye and we had about five and a half six feet of extra space that we kind of used for you know when we come run a 350 tournament we bring a lot of stuff yeah and they were like hey could we you know <laughs> maybe put a grinder table up here and <laughs> no it's a good thing they asked Andrew. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I I let that, but then I had to I had to go over after a bit and say, um, boys, you need to consolidate on that table because we're running a tournament because they started to kind of encroach on the on that table that was at the end, and I had one guy kind of give me a look over his shoulder like, "What the?" I'm like, "I got it. Don't worry about it." <laughs> so. I mean, I get it. They they're getting animated and it's a good time and this and that, but they were like. 
We had tournament players there, and they're like, uh, yeah. dude, this is kind of like my space here, so could you move yeah. all your shit? <laughs> yeah, and oh. I get it, but but also, it's okay to say, grinder is full right now, come back later. Like, like I know they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. But, they don't uh, want to do that. But no, but it can happen sometimes. And that's and that's okay. It, yeah. it, it worked out. It, it, it did. turned out it to did. be a mild annoyance, but it wasn't anything that we we couldn't take care of so it, but i i like i said I, it was just between my day of, of running the tournament i kept looking over and it was just it's always fun to see people having fun playing BattleTech. yeah yeah it is i mean it, the the because i was there for two of the days i just did boot camp like all day long which is where we, we have several tables of brand new players um who just come up like they got to, in the VIG box they got a beginner box um so uh they'd come up and say I got this in my bag how do I play battletech you know so we'd run them through that uh, I w- one of the people was able to to rip the leg off of off of a Jenner and beat it to death with its own leg and people are like why are you letting him do that I'm like letting him it's in the rule book and they're like it's in the rules <laughs> and suddenly they're sold. They're like, you know, this is a game where you can do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm a hundred percent in. We had a good friend. <laughs> we had a good friend of mine, uh, Tyler Tippett. He, uh, he kind of, uh, went three and two in X-Wing and, and wasn't able to continue on. So he's like, I'm going to go. His dad was playing in the Alpha Strike 350. And so uh, he just, I'm going to go play grinders. And, uh, I think he didn't leave the table until they shut the thing down. Yeah. We had, we had several of those where they just, that was their seat and they were, they would just be there. Um, how many hours was Steve there total for the week? Right. I, I'm going to say 13 hours, something like Ooh. that. It was, oh, it was a no, long time. that was a day for the whole thing. Oh. He was there like 25 plus hours. Oh, I, I don't know. Cause I wasn't, I only worked to the grinder, uh, you know, two of the four days. So I know the time I was there, he was there like 13 hours. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause then he did, he did the alpha, one of the alpha strike events, the tournament. So that's one day, the next two days. And is the, that the guy eight, who sat at the alpha strike event for literally the 13, 12 hours or whatever? Possibly. I, there was one guy who was there. Perhaps. Whole, that was him. Yeah, that was him. <laughs> Pretty sure that was him. And I I went, how are they doing an Alpha Strike game for 13 hours? Like, are they just continually bringing new mechs in? Because the man's a machine. You can play a really big Alpha Strike game in six hours. That's a really big game. Yeah, you battalions. Yeah. So I don't know what kind of format they were running, but. <laughs> They're doing a lot of thinking, a lot of thinking, <laughs> a lot of thinking. Yeah, but no, no but it was uh, it was fun. Like, cause cause I had you know I I've had to learn all the new rules. I mean, there hasn't like BattleTech hasn't changed rules it, it, since it started. Like like my the mech sheets in my box set, my original box set are still legal today. Um, they've had a, a few minor rule changes and they've added a bunch of stuff. But sitting there at the boot camp table with, you know, people who wrote the book and they're like, they're like, okay, well, now I'm going to charge you. And I have to stop that guy and say, hey, that's been slightly changed. He's like, no, they didn't. They're like, We talked about that and I told him not to. And I'm like, well, here in the book, it has been. And he's like, oh, <laughs> I'm like going to go find that person. <laughs> So that was always fun, knowing the, knowing the rules a little bit better than them. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely fun to see at the uh, underneath the gigantic BattleTech banner. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, they would not let me take it home either. There, <laughs> there where the was, hell would you put it? Him draping uh, over your sports, house? 
there Absolutely. was still tables and smiles everywhere. That's yeah. That's one of our big thing when we do these three fifty tournaments. Is we want people to have fun. That's our rule number one: is have fun. And uh, you know, fun and competitiveness sometimes doesn't go together. But yeah. um, we got great reports from everybody that played. So they had a great time. They went one and four, but they had a really good time. And all of a sudden, they said, "That's what we're looking for," you know. And and um, it, I think I think for Adepticon in total for BattleTech, it was it was a hit, especially for games and and all this other stuff. Yeah, it was four hundred percent bigger than than last year's yeah. uh, presence. Well, so I, I, I think bigger. I went to Adepticon twenty eighteen, and and CDT had about three tables i think right <laughs> and they were all grinder and they're all grinders so <laughs> to see this that was that was really good and uh and they they went all out we had some really cool table numbers and uh into uh place mats to go in between the mats that were great art was fantastic it held all the art, new art on it were amazing yeah. little yeah. table runners <laughs> we looked professional I got to I mean, follow up with Randall because I asked him whether I could buy some. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we knew Josh was in there, so you are you talking about the uh, like like the, the the numbers, the the acrylic numbers, Andrew? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the acrylic numbers would be really cool, but for for me and how much we travel, um, oh, shut up. They would be. Oh no, I, I have a dragoon. I thought they. Same. I thought yeah, they I'm was saying, I, one of I, them. I can make these. No, I made this. I made this on. Oh, on you cricket. made that one. Yeah. Oh. So if, if there's a design you want, you know, I, I can't sell it to you, but I'll give it to you. Yeah. Well, you just tell me what you I, want. I, I know that uh, I know okay. two of them that I want. <laughs> yeah. Actually, three now. Yeah, three. Yeah. No, I make it um, on the cricket, on my girlfriend's cricket. No, it uh, would love to have them. It's just when we travel, right? All that stuff's got to mm-hmm. be able to get packed up and. Right, and you as soon as that acrylic, I mean, as soon as it touches something, it scratches. It sucks. Yeah. Um, the runners, though, those were nice. Those would yeah. have been. Yeah, the the, the in between the, the mats, I would really like to have something for that because those that really yeah. dresses the, the whole area up. So, <sighs> just more stuff to figure out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I again, uh, <laughs> the huge takeaway for Adepticon was. Hey, how about you just print the table numbers and have people go figure it out? And, and <laughs> that worked way better than me yelling at everybody. So, um, a, another great event, a great group of people showed up, uh, friendships were made. Um, so nights were forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. No kidding. Ah, yes. We had, we had a Mech Bay meet and greet and the next morning was not a good time for me. See, no, they did it right, Andrew. They had a Mech Bay meet and greet that we weren't even invited to or knew about. But we, we that, posted it on the Discord. I, I knew about it. Discord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was that was my big takeaway as a podcaster is at every event now. We are just going to do, we're going to put aside a night and just be like, hey, everyone, we're going to this restaurant or this bar on Friday night. And if if you want to hang out and grab some beers and talk Battletech, that's where it's going to be. Because trying to 
navigate six or seven different groups and 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 believe me we tried to spend as much time mm -hmm. as we could with everybody that wanted to spend time with us but it was adepticon was tough for andrew and i it was this was the hardest convention i think i've been to yeah, um, my ass was my ass was kicked when we got done <laughs> Yeah, the meet and greet though was was fantastic. I had I had. Y'all were only there for one day. <laughs> yeah, quote, well, quote unquote. <laughs> Saturday we had to do the the teach Alpha Strike to Brent and who was supposed to be Randall, yeah. but then Marco ended up playing, and then to do that in two hours wasn't going to happen. So, yeah, um, yeah Saturday classic, night was was classic busy mistake and, of if you're going to teach people. Randall continues to make the classic mistake of make the table too big and put too many mechs on the table. Yeah. <laughs> classic yeah. CDT error. It, it's uh, got to look good. It, that's the important part. It's got to look good. I, I want to thank him so much for letting us us be yeah. the, the Saturday night entertainment for the stream. Uh, was, I, I hope we didn't let them down. I mean, everyone got a really good shot at Andrew's ass multiple times because he <laughs> didn't know where the camera was <laughs> i like to i like to walk in front of the camera and then bend over it was <laughs> um i won my freedom <laughs> i am no longer brent evanson's bondsman he is now <laughs> mine yeah, yes, yeah walk, can... walk us through that gift okay so um uh, at gen con last year they we we asked brent and randall and a bunch of the the cgl guys if they wanted to have a couple beers and play a, uh, you know, we set out to strike. The they said, we just want to roll dice. So they said, all right, we're going to play classic. And we thought, okay, well, there's five of us. So bring five guys and we'll have, you know, a good old fashioned uh, shootout. And Brent brought nine. <laughs> Brent brought around nine to 10 people, basically scooped up all the interns. And uh, so we go, okay, so this is going to take six and a half hours. So, <laughs> but the bet was that uh, between Brent and myself was uh, whoever lost uh, would become a bondsman. You didn't and... have the bet. You didn't have that bet because we looked at each other and asked ourselves, why the fuck is he taking his shoelaces off? Because he pulled oh, the, the shoelaces out of his shoes. Was shoe. the bet not made yet? Oh. No, that wasn't anyway. made. That was just, he claimed you. I strolled my linebacker out because I was sick and tired of the hide-and-seek stuff that happens when you have a lot of players on a classic game. It's just hide-and-seek. So I, I had a linebacker D, stepped him out. I'll take it. Uh, Cubby was the actually one that killed me, and I took fire from everyone, and he was the last one. I finally went down. In true clan fashion, you took In fire true clan from everyone. <laughs> and, but the weird thing was, is while this was happening, Brent kept leaning down and untying his shoe, and I was like, that's weird. But I'm getting shot at, so I'm marking down pips, and everyone else is noticing it. Well, the minute I went down, he comes over and he wraps his shoelace around my wrist and claims claimed me as a as a bondsman. Nice. So I went fine. Next time, my court Alpha Strike. Let's go. And so, uh, turns out Saturday night was that night, and uh, by accident we killed. Well, we killed every dragon on the board, I think, <laughs> just to cover our bases. We had to. We had to find Minobu Tetsuhara uh, and then destroy him and then pick him up. Well, well we had to destroy him. Two had and a half hours him. in, we're like, just finish No, him. No, you had to pick him up. 
We had to pick him up. We had to pick him up. Yeah. Yeah. We because it, it was the, uh, I, I, I winced real hard when Randall was explaining that part of the rules. Cause it was the, <laughs> you have to go over there and stand still and do nothing for a turn. And I was like, that's the, like of, of all objective. Stop, please. Uh, I don't want to do that. Exactly. Yeah. It's like any, any scenario that says do nothing for a turn. It's like, I, so you just want me to feed units into a meat yeah. grinder and that's going to be the game you that, can't do that not, at apple strike yeah that's not my my kind of game but but that's that was the gift i was talking about because you you didn't fully win i mean thankfully brent doesn't listen to this so he'll never know <laughs> but yeah, he doesn't listen <laughs> but uh no and first of all the first i walk up to brent thursday hey we're here so I went from a shoestring to a, a zip tie. <laughs> so he put a he put a zip tie on my wrist, and I kept it on the whole weekend. And finally, at the end, I, I screamed freedom. I think uh, I think the mic cut out, but you can still see Andrew whip his knife out, and Brent cut my cord. <laughs> nice. We actually got him very nice bond cords. So... I was going to say, did you did you bring him at least clean shoelaces? <laughs> oh, we got uh, like paracord uh oh, nice. and made adjustable so stuff in uh re- in redemption right when uh heya tetsuhara takes tabu um she left a bond cord and it was described as a black red and tan bond cord for the dragoons so i bought a black red and tan uh paracord and made slip knots see and that's what see? he got like the catalyst booth had had a uh, had a uh, um, dog tags and stuff. They should have been selling bond cords as well. Like that would have gone over super well. Hundred percent. You know when I was when I was looking over bond cords, it was it was actually very interesting. On Sarna, it talks about bond cords and that each clan has its own unique bond cord as far as weave colors. Any and I mean, it just that could be a really neat thing to to have or, or totally to be agreed. able to buy. So, um, well, you know, challenge coins are a big thing, but challenge coins are really damn expensive. So <laughs> bond cords, yeah. bond cords, not so much. So I think that that could be a new uh, new trend, BattleTech, everyone out there. So I, somebody I feel beats like... your ass into the ground. <laughs> I feel like it's going to lead to lots of shenanigans, Coach. Oh, yes. But that's the best part. <laughs> somebody somebody tries to give me jewelry. They're going to, they're going to get a circle of equals. So, <laughs> But, uh, no, it ended up uh, Saturday night was uh, f- a lot of fun. It was, uh, uh, I appreciate everybody flooding the, the Twitch channel and, Sort of giving us praise slash uh, shitting on us at the same time. I was giving Aaron and Andrew a lot of crap yes. on Twitch. Silent Sea Raven was definitely uh, very apparent on the other uh, Twitch channel, but um, hopefully we. Uh, I will say the the miniatures were amazing. Um, the problem with that game was all of the terrain that was on the board was line of sight covering. So if some of you are wondering, hey, I'm really sure that dragon can't shoot over that uh, level two hill there. You're correct, but the game would have not gone anywhere. (laughs) So we made some concessions, and it's just Brent. It's not like he's ever going to play Alpha Strike again. So, But um, it was a great time. Had a lot of fun. 
Um, Saturday night, I couldn't feel my feet. I couldn't think straight. <laughs> and then, of course, in true coach fashion, the X-Wing guys uh, chided me enough that we still went out. <laughs> One o'clock. Left the room at left the room nice. at midnight to go to a wex, uh, to go to an X-wing party. <laughs> I, I told Andrew, I says, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't want to go. He's like, I'm going to take a shower just in case you change your mind. He got out of the shower. I had my OCX jersey on. He just started laughing. I was like, guess we're going. <laughs> so, uh, but no, uh, this was this was a crazy, crazy tournament for us or, or a convention. Um, there was a lot going on, which is good. Uh, Battletech was definitely rolling out. The red carpet for mercenaries and the and the new Kickstarter and all this other stuff. Uh, I think they could have done it a little different. Uh, me and my, you know, they they had launch parties all over the place. And to tell you the truth, I think one of the biggest launch parties was not even an official launch party. Charles. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally true. The uh, uh, Colorado crew had um, thirty. 36? I 36? heard 42. M might have been. I I kind of lost track. I was trying <laughs> to keep tabs on uh, the stream, them. like I, I didn't go, so um, it was a work night, and they did it up north, so... Uh, but, yeah. No, it was, it, was, it was big. There was a lot of folks who um, haven't made it to an event yet. I mean, we hold events out here... Um, uh, well, at least quarterly, more than that, but at least quarterly. Um, and yeah, there were there were folks that showed up for that that never made it out to another one just because they were uh, on the the Kickstarter hype. You know, yeah. everybody know, knew that the Kickstarter was happening and wanted to come see what was all going on with it. So it was it was a very good turnout. Raleigh had a oh yeah no it was my store yeah oh it was a hundred eighteen hobbies we just didn't. We didn't know that until after we had gotten tickets to Adepticon. So, so Brian's just like, "Oh, good, you're you're gonna help out." And I'm like, "Um, actually, I'll be <laughs> in Chicago, uh, but I got I got uh, another local uh, CDT agent and and NC Kestrel. I, I got both of them to go help out over at the store, and they did a great job. And uh, and it turned out to be a very successful all weekend party. I mean, he went Thursday, Friday, oh, wow. and Saturday um, every fact, single day. I'm glad that you weren't there so that he had to go out and get and roll some dice. So yes, yes. He, he sounded like he had a good time. Yes, they a hundred percent. through the grapevine, I heard there were unofficial launch parties all over the place, worldwide. Mm -hmm. Um, which kind of you know, I got goosebumps just talking about it. Like that that's fantastic. Like Battletech is coming out of its shell and it's going big and I, I love it i really do love it um i i think we're on the right path the lore is at a good spot the minis are in a good you know they look good um as long as catalyst holds up on their end and, and the delivery is not you know 2025 which right we have been told that it's not going to be they learned no they learned yeah. a lot of lessons and, and no COVID, hopefully and and no yeah <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> no COVID, COVID the sequel. <laughs> well, Lauren did say that he's very confident that they'll get it done well before then, 
which means it won't happen till 2026. Right. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was gonna say thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. You heard it here um, first, first, folks. 2026 quarter one. <laughs> really, really, we need. We should. We start need a. Pool. Uh, yeah. We should start a we pool. Need, we need Disney to uh, to stop sitting on the on the the film rights and and do a Disney Plus show like The Mandalorian for for BattleTech. I mean, officially, Katrina Steiner is in fact a Disney princess. So you know, so, we can, and that we can was do a lot kind of, of explained. I think they tried to do during one of their streams who owns the rights to what and where and right. how this all right. goes together. So, Video game is Microsoft. Uh, Tops uh, has the the board game, which is licensed to Catalyst, right? Um, and uh, like board game and minis, and the TV movie, uh, cartoon rights. Those are all owned by Disney because it Disney. was through Saban, um, and and yep. Disney owns all of that now. So and it's it's funny because the IP keeps going like like who owns the story, right? And it's like well, technically. <laughs> Like everyone does. <laughs> it's like, ours. Oh, no. It's ours. <laughs> Whoever has the most expensive lawyer that day. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. It's oh. Harmony Gold who owns this story. <laughs> I, I, you know, with talking with a lot of the CGL guys, that is the good thing that I take away from all these interviews that we do is that it is in the back of their mind when they do write the lore, is like, hey eventually someone's gonna go you know this was game of thrones before there was game of thrones right and someone's gonna wisen up and be like all right we're gonna do a mini series where do we go from here and hopefully the great work that the authors and everyone's doing now is like oh let's just do that of course and... the dark age why not <laughs> oh, <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll let myself out now. Sorry. Yeah. That's, that's, all is, that's all I'll see is Wids Kids owned it. So let's do those stories. And I'm like, no. Um, <laughs> I imagine it like somewhere at HQ, there's like, you know, a fire fire extinguisher thing, like break in case of, and but oh. instead of fire, it's just written in case of movie rights actually purchased. Go, go ahead. Go, go, go. And there's a little hammer. And there's a pre-made script. And everyone's just scribbled notes in the margin. It's like, you know, I know somebody who works at Disney. Maybe I should call them to be like, hey, you're a low-level producer. And maybe if you can, like, give me a heads up if you ever see this come across the desk. That would be fantastic. <laughs> call me, please. Creative consultant Aaron Kroll has a great title. I love that. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, it, 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 they're going to do a... Uh... A story about you know the uh, I am Jade Falcon, and then it turns into a, a a Black Widow Company movie somehow. Just oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I am Jade Falcon. Why is there a Black Widow symbol on the poster? <laughs> like <laughs> no, they'll go right to uh, uh, does it have aliens in it? We're like no. Oh my goodness! No, that's, the one, that's the one thing they do is Far Country. They do a they do a, a live action version of Far Country. Man, what a way to ruin the entire franchise right Ooh, out of the gate! You know they're gonna too. You know they're gonna. We gotta, we gotta give the CGI guys something to do. <laughs> I blame you, Coach. I blame you. Oh, I think I think battle mechs and drop ships and everything would be plenty for the CGI people. I, I, to I do. think they have plenty to do. Yeah, should cover the budget. Yeah, should cover the budget. Um, I think we'll wrap yeah. up with Depticon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And we'll take uh, it. And we'll do the history brief. Josh, what uh, what's your what's your takeaway from Adepticon? Hmm. That you haven't already said already. I was that's the problem. Huh? Hey, <laughs> hey, and again, you're under the banner of Wolfnet, so you can say whatever the fuck you want. Oh Lord. Uh <laughs> <laughs> people don't listen to Wolfnet anyway, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just put on their other colored neuro helmets. Like, All right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no one can know. Um <laughs> I just want to say I hope Catalyst sees what happened in like all the events and what all the TOs and essentially everyone came away with took like all the lessons and I hope they really take it to heart like okay look at what all the other events are doing like X-Wing Warhammer like what is, what are they doing like what what are they providing their TOs what are how are they supporting their people running events how can we do that? That sounds an awful lot like organized play to me. <laughs> like, I, I, and I don't want to say just for organized play, but even for like the narrative events, there was a narrative event every day. There are only 12 slots for that. And Catalyst themselves pushed Battletech as like a very narrative focused thing. I was like, okay, you only have 12 slots for an entire day. Like, you're not even supposed having enough support for that like that could have been an entire row like a narrative like okay let's redo this day it's the battle of two kid day x like i know that would have filled up but we we've always had an idea to do the battle of luthien as kind of like a grinder event where people just show up and are like here here's a lance and just have a four foot by 12 foot table or something like that and they're like all right here comes the reserves. Like next person, you're playing uh, the other side, and you just have just just a bow down battle, and leave the mechs when they're destroyed. Just see what kind yeah. of pile we can create. <laughs> so kind of like a grinder, a big long grinder table, and whenever somebody decides to leave, uh, they get the next reserve. Hundred percent. Sounds good to me. But uh, denim. Yeah, I, I mean, like. As someone who is working behind the scenes, I hope they just start way over preparing when it comes to any kind of stuff, like all the swag, all the as much special stuff as they can get, and then quintuple it minimum. Um, <laughs> is like just go bigger. That's that's go bigger. Just go bigger. That's what I hope they do. Uh, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. So uh, I, I think the more popular it gets, and the more the more community creators are out there doing things, the more they're going to have to listen and decide, all right, this is this is not going away. This is not a temporary resurgence. You know, it's a it's a contender now. So we have to we have to treat it as such. And and just go big. Yeah. That's my takeaway. Okay. All right. Andrew? We... Me? Oh, sorry, Charles. Go ahead. Um I have a better plan. Uh try and Try not to do everything. <laughs> have a, have a, a plan? Relax. Is that what I just heard? <laughs> I think he's talking about us. <laughs> try, and, try and relax a little bit. We were we were very, very busy. <clears throat> Enjoy the convention. <laughs> yep. Uh yeah, my takeaway is uh this this uh, this convention was I'm gonna steal a line from a fellow podcaster. The highs were very high and the lows <laughs> were very low. Um 
the highs outweighed the lows, but the lows were basically just my body hurt and the <laughs> fact that I couldn't spend time with literally everyone. Yeah. That, for me, that hurt. That sucks. Like every time I drive home from a convention, it's like, oh, I forgot to do, you know, even say goodbye to people. It's like, I forgot to go search the entire convention hall to go find this person, which I really, really want to do. But again, we have to get on the road. And and uh, one of the nice things is we were able to play. Andrew and I were able to roll some dice this weekend, which we never get to do. Um, so big shout out to the the Bobies and Chris Hesby. We got to play on the with the new um, the new city, uh, the city buildings, the city buildings, which are lots of fun and at the same time, oh my god, like frustrating. <laughs> line of line of fire is just like so. You think you're cool... going this way, and somebody walks in behind a building. You're like, oh, look at there! I can see that person. Yeah, <laughs> I got caught up in that. The, yeah. the neat thing. So, if you guys saw the stream, uh, I don't know if they covered it or not. One of the neat things that we found out was the buildings that we got to play on were. Uh, done by one of their artists and made into 3d models so that they could get the shadows correct on the map when they made the hex map for the for the new city packs that is amazing so i thought that was a really really cool um we want to get it right type of thing um that's a neat little story so yeah uh thank you to Bryn and, and Randall for letting us borrow them for the afternoon. We got a lot of comments on them and people walking by to see us play. So very cool. That was, Trying to get a hold of them. So that was probably my biggest takeaway of the whole weekend. I don't know about you guys, but ever the people that asked, what do you guys like? Is this Alpha Strike? I heard about Alpha Strike. Is this Alpha Strike? And, and they've known classic. They've played Battletech for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, but they never. They never either saw Alpha Strike being played or they never bothered to get into it. And then when they saw it being played, they're like, oh, so this is like an easier version of Classic. I'm like, mm. technically, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> smile and nod. Yeah, yeah, it's like technically, yes. But um, I hope you have good tactics. Well, like you said, it's been around for like 10 years now. I only really paid attention and learned it like right before nova last year like that's it that's that's my experience with alpha strike and i've been playing battletech since 86 like like it just yeah. i just didn't notice it and now it, i see it everywhere like it's, everywhere it's just now hitting you know the the little brothers you know the older brothers off to college so the little brother is now like i'm at home alone with mom and dad so <laughs> Yeah, but but it uses the same toys, which is nice, super it, nice. And that's that's what's great, you know. The the big brother gave Even, a little brother his car. <laughs> yeah, you've seen like like Thunderhead stuff because he does a lot of buildings and everything. And I love the fact that he has them so that um, they they have no bases, so mm -hmm. they work super well with Alpha Strike. But then they also have little holes with magnets on the bottom that are hexed for for classic, and and you don't have to have two sets. They just is, whichever one you're playing, you just it is the best the way off. to go. It is, it is amazing. That's way to go. Top. There, there will be a day where we will all hold hands and sing kumbaya and be one as Battletech. Yep. 
I will not sing Kumbaya. <laughs> we'll sing it for you. Well, uh, unfortunately... Uh, oh, go ahead, Charles. I was just going to say, are we going to break? Yes. Yeah. So, right, uh, well, do your thing. Yeah, I'll I'll do it. Ooh, um, yeah. This History Brief with me, brought to you by Aries Games and Miniatures. On this episode of Wolfnet History Briefs, after hundreds of years of struggle, a republic is born. Hello Wolfnet and welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon. Let's go. Today we begin our brief in the year 2014 on Ancient Terra. The Second Soviet Civil War had just concluded and between the refugees pouring across their borders and the reparations they were forced to pay by the Terran Alliance, the Scandinavian nations of Sweden, Norway, and Finland were in for a long, hard road. A century and a half later, the nations were still crippled from the fallout of the war, but those with the means were presented with a novel option. You may remember that the first manned FTL jump occurred in 2108, with the first interstellar round trip happening only months later. The significance of this was not lost on those ancient Scandinavians, and they were among some of the first to leave Terra as a distant twinkle of light in the night sky, as they struck out to find a better life among the stars. They settled about as far from Terra as imaginable, in the Rasselhag system, along with several of the nearby systems. Colony living wasn't for the faint of heart, but the settlers endured happy to have a place where they weren't beholden to Terra's demands. Within a few generations, the colonies progressed to a point where the family-aligned self-governance was no longer sufficient to handle the needs of the planets. In response, the settlers organized themselves into a consortium led by a prime minister and continued their ever-mounting efforts to improve their new homes. The consortium was not fated to last long, however, as the descendants of those first fiercely independent colonists found something their ancestors never would have predicted. Neighbors. Of all the existing great houses, only the Free Worlds League can be said to be a contemporary of the Rasselhagians. But while they had been focused internally and intentionally avoiding interstellar politics, nations had cropped up around them. This caused a shift to a stronger central government, headed by an elected prince, and the Principality of Rasselhag was born. In 2330, one of these neighbors had taken notice of the successful isolationists. Shiro Kurita had just completed the consolidation of his Draconis Combine, and needed a rallying cry to promote unity across his new realm. And so he did, as military despots do and planned an invasion of the Principality. Initial resistance was light for the first few years of the war. Capturing a Combine weapons cache in a daring counteroffensive in 2334 extended the Rasselhagian's ability to resist for a few decades, but inevitably, the Combine declared victory and made the Principality a vassal state, which persisted 150 years until it was made the Rasselhag Military District. Resistance movements sprang up early, and as asymmetrical warfare can often do, 
became self-perpetuating in many ways. Though the official language of the region was Cretan Japanese and Combine citizens were incentivized to move to the region, the original inhabitants never became outnumbered or gave up their culture, and a simmering sense of rebellion always threatened to boil over. This persisted until the end of the Fourth Succession War. The Lyran Commonwealth had used this discontent to their advantage. They brought in members of the Tyr Movement, the preeminent resistance group, and equipped them with a ready-made mech regiment made up of Rasselhag-born warriors, even going so far as to officially identify the Tyr leadership as the rightful rulers of the borderlands between the Commonwealth and the Combine. This garnered them a lot of support from rebels and aided their assaults during the war. At the close of the war, Tyr leaders expected independence, but what they got instead was a new overlord, which they had put into power. What no one had expected, however, was that Theodore Carita, second-in-command of the DCMS, would, with a little prompting from Comstar, declare the remaining region on his side of the border to be an independent state. The Lyrans, having already declared the Tyr to be the rightful rulers, had little option but concede many of the worlds they'd claimed in the war to the nascent state. So, finally, on the 13th of March, 3034, the Free Rasselhag Republic declared its independence from both states and became the sixth major power of the Inner Sphere. Seven centuries after Shiro Kurita first targeted them for conquest, the Rasselhag people would finally, again, be able to tend to their homes as they saw fit, intentionally avoiding ensnaring themselves in the political games of the other inner sphere states. A freedom they would once again fight and die for in less than a generation. But that is another story. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who failed to learn from history are doomed. And that was this month's History Brief with Charles Gideon Dirks, brought to you by... Aries Games and Miniatures. Love the sound of that. And new products coming out. Hey, we still have a Kickstarter. And guess what? You've There's got a about... Kickstarter? Oh, uh... <laughs> There's a... what? There's a Kickstarter? And you, okay, still have... you still have about 10 days. Show of hands, who hasn't backed it yet? Crickets. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Who's the single? Did you just raise your hand? I did just raise my hand. Dude, I've seen my hand. (laughs) Coach, are you having second thoughts? I I do we need need to talk about this? I backed the clan invasion on the second to last day, and I'm thinking I want to try to beat that. So uh the last Last day day? I'll back the Kingston mercenaries. Oh my god, dude. I, I I think it'll be really funny if you back it the last day the last hour and then miss it by some computer falling apart (laughs) from what we discussed earlier that was going to be a little perk that we were going to do i was going to back it on the last day you know with some people but i don't know if that's going to happen or not but either way um Hmm. i want to see if some of my stretch goal ideas that i threw out there uh oh here we go i had some good ones Andrew will back me up. I had some good ones. 
They're um, but I, I think so any ideas is, will be great for is, the five million or more. It is April 9th, eleven oh six PM Central Standard Time. We currently are sitting at five million three hundred and ten thousand nine hundred and twenty-two with eighteen thousand six hundred and sixty-five backers. Well done. I want to be twenty thousand. When we started this, well, when when you guys started this, and when I joined, did you think you would ever be able to like identify eighteen thousand BattleTech players at once? No, like that there would ever be a forum where you'd be like, "Oh, there's eighteen thousand BattleTech players. I can point at them right right there." I mean, I think we are coming up on our fifth year anniversary. April, I believe. Podcast? Yeah, I think so. So, so what is that? Is that the in fact? Maybe is that like yeah. the granite anniversary or <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But uh, for, for uh, headstones, it's, for... it's, the, it's, it's the ferrofibrous anniversary. You know, we started this when I was lucky to find Matt and Tommy, let alone eighteen thousand other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before the last Kickstarter, we could barely find stores that still had players that had any that had any players that had any players let alone product now all of a sudden I mean, it, the, the only groups i could tie to were like the battletech ccg card game groups yep. that i was buying selling trading and all that stuff making decks and there was really nothing pretty much it it was like, like it was like people were stuck in the woodwork because nothing was being put out now now it's a waterfall. But but think about this. This is 18,000 people that are putting their money towards this product. Like, that doesn't mean that there's not more players. Like, I'm sure it's, I don't know, double the size of 18,000. I, I don't know. Well, it's, yeah, it's, there, there's, if, there's way more. There's way yeah. more. But, but the fact of there's 18,000 that are saying we believe in Battletech enough and we believe in what CGL is doing with BattleTech enough that we will front them our money yeah. to get this project done, so that way yeah. we can get all this new product out. That yeah, that, that that's mind blowing. It it is I'd truly an awesome moment, uh, especially. I will tell you again. I'll reiterate: just being there, you could just see the dumbfoundedness on CGL's head. People that they're just like. I had a lengthy conversation with a certain person and he just going, and we were lucky to get 1.75. And I was like, what? Like, that's a pretty bad estimate. But I myself was like, maybe two, like two and a half. I think that's where it's going to go. It's going to do better on its first couple of days than clan invasion did. But this is, this is out of the water. Bonkers. Crazy. Awesome. Turkina. This is, Turkina. Very Turkina. I wasn't going to correct you. I figured you'd use... <laughs> you, you saw the I, turbo, turbo yeah. wheel going on. You, you can see it. <clears throat> but, no, it's it's fantastic. Uh, and I'm I, just so glad we've all been here through the process. I'd like to see analytics on... Normally, you have averages like this. And if we plug those numbers into an equation to see what, you know, forecasting is, like somewhat of a total number that's you know they that, always talk about the peaks 
and the yeah. valleys of Kickstarter mm-hmm. or or an IP or a wargaming IP. I I don't know. I can I can for sure tell you this is not the peak. No. Uh, this is going so well because people are still finding out about it. We still yep. run into people that are just saying, "Hey, I just found out about this. It's coming back." I'm like, "Where the hell have you been?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, you know, the the number of people who came up at LVO and went, "Oh, BattleTech's still being played." And it's like, oh, "Yeah, you've been out of the loop for for a few <laughs> years because it, it's uh, uh, you know." And granted, the when during the the golden age. The, the Star League era of Battletech in the, the late 90s. Um, we, you know, we were all like, uh, like in, in our small towns, you yeah. know, so, so we knew ourselves playing it, but, but it was a lot harder than to get a read on how big is the community, you know, like th- there were, you know, forums you could join and stuff like that, but you, you, you never quite got the same understanding that we have now with social media um so it's hard to compare apples to apples right but man man at this point i i feel like this is just you know getting bigger and bigger than than it maybe ever was i i hate to uh jinx it that way but um but i agree it's not the end it's not it's not the peak though like it's bigger than it ever was but it's still not maxed i i think that there's so many more people learning about it and the and and uh lauren mentioned it during one of the streams of how much of a advertising boost kickstarter does that they they can't get other ways yep it's free Um, advertising yeah yeah and 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 i hadn't thought about it that way i was like come on cgl you you've put out all these mercenary (laughs) packs they've flown off the shelves you can just release product we don't need kickstarter to do this stuff but then when Lauren said that was talking about that, I was like, Oh yeah, that, I guess that's a, a good point. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> point yeah taken, how, Lauren. <clears throat> how do you, how do you reach the other people that you haven't yet advertising? And if you can do it for no cost, that's a win-win instead of spending potential money to supply customers and distributors. Well, I can, I can tell you from talking to them, it is a very humbling experience that they went through this last weekend. And I was told on multiple times that the storyline going forward is going to be, uh, you know, how do I put it? Very meticulously uh, groomed to, to fit the, the excitement that Battletech is having right now. You know, they, they understand what's going on. So, you know, the effort going into storylines and, and all this stuff, it's just going to build, 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 build. Um, and right now, I think with where the the lore is right now, it's a perfect opportunity. Um, there's so much they can do. And hopefully they, so, ho- hopefully they do it right. So. <laughs> so, so, so getting back to the Kickstarter. Yeah. What are you guys excited for? Well, I, 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 told, ahead, I told the guys I was really excited for the uh, the Sun Tzu um, Art of War annotated by Jamie Wolf. I'm kind of really curious how that's how they're going to adapt Sun Tzu to the 31st battlefield. Yeah, that was one thing that a lot of people overlooked, and I'm I, I zoomed in on the image. I'm like annotated by Jamie Wolf. <gasps> what? <laughs> 
super pumped about that. I'm excited for more uh, stretch goals to suddenly materialize. I, I, yeah, I'm I'm putting in for what is it? Uh, is it the battalion? Battalion, yeah. The average. Yep. Well, that's not the average. <laughs> that's above average, I think. What was the average? I think the company was the uh, 150 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I lost my train of thought. But um, I want to see the other new stretch goals that come out. And I think it, you know, you, you hear a lot of people talking about the the purchasable stretch goals. And I can't wait to see what everything comes out so I can start sifting through what priorities I think would be nice to, to, to buy. Um, will I, will I exceed, you know, like the base, um, backing, you know, price tag and then add more on. I don't know. Possibly. I, I know that they were very worried about the stretch goal because they're just like, we don't have a three million stretch, a four million, a five million stretch goal. What I think they did was the way to go. Just like, hey, add force packs. Yeah, that's, that's what people want. <clears throat> they want minis. We want just like um, the first one. Hey, I'd love to. Problem. I'd love to walk away with forty or yeah. fifty minis. And the problem, the problem with minis though is, is they may not be done, and that'll add time to to, to shipping. If we're you know wait, if we're waiting to wait, what two? Two years for them. I think we waited two years for Clan Invasion. If, we're, wait, if we're waiting to wait two years for them, yeah. that's fine. Uh, we gave them a lot of good ideas. I haven't seen any of those ideas materialize. But that's you know, it's all opinionated <laughs> on how long you want to wait to get your 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 things. Well, and I I think that though that they did it did it right. I like because uh, during the stream, uh, Scroggins made a comment that the the double force packs from clan invasion almost sunk the whole the whole thing um which i totally believe you know because they're granted there was a lot of other things that that went on with clan invasion right there was the shipping you know like shipping was stupid expensive and covid and all, all of the all these hiccups that um hopefully will be worked out for this one because of clan invasion, right? They have that experience. Yeah. Um, we have on good authority that they learned a lot. Yeah, I believe that. Clan invasion. <laughs> I believe that, but, but I'm glad that they didn't just jump straight to, because I, that there were a lot of people clamoring for, Oh, well they did, you know, like I, I myself, I was like, well, they did double force packs last time. I, I imagine that there will be bonus force packs this time. Um, but after hearing that and kind of stopping and thinking about it, it's like, yeah, there, there's, there's obviously like margin of profit in minis, mm-hmm. but is there enough that you can double everything and then also have money set aside for if something else comes up or, and, and it was like, oh no, that makes a lot of sense because they ran into like every problem and they'd already kind of shot their shot with, uh, the double force packs. So, um, I, I initially backed at company level because frankly, I'm really just interested in the vehicles. Um, I, I think that there's a, 
<laughs> not to get, I'm not going to get all like negative Nancy here, but, um, or negative Ned, negative <laughs> and name. Um, but I feel like the, the units that didn't make clan invasion that they're now coming out with in mercenaries. Cause they're kind of filling in that 30, 25, 30, 50, you know, stuff there, there's a reason they weren't in clan invasion. Yep. So I'm not terribly excited about the mechs. Um, I, I, I kind of want a dervish just from, because that, that was like the first unit I ever played was a dervish. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I, th those vehicles look amazing. The, the, the turrets that are, you know, like press fit so you can, you know, pop them, turn them. I imagine they're probably going to be way easier to, uh, magnetize than my iron wind ones. <laughs> um, and I, I, I'm really just looking forward to that, but I, I upgraded from a company to the battalion with this last round of stretch goals. Cause frankly, the value is way too high to, I feel like to not go battalion. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yep. It, yeah, it's just huge. And then, I mean, if you, my, my original plan was to go company and then get all the swag, um, since it's mercenaries and I'm a mercenary, I was thinking I'm going to get patches. I'm going to get coins. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm just going to do all that stuff. Um, so I had to reel that in a little bit, but <laughs> it's just, yeah, too, too many, too much value at the battalion level. But, um, oh, speaking of which, have you guys seen the old Kel Hounds logo? <laughs> it's, it's very cool. It's always been that. Um, it's always been that. I don't know what you guys are talking been that, about. Right? <laughs> Just look awesome, though. I, I, it looks good enough that I am not upset about having to replace it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What do, you, uh, what do you guys think of the fact that uh, they have, they are on, it looks like they have one left of the third opening of the big kappa so they will have sold 50 big kappas in this kickstarter at 5050 50 at 5000 a piece sounds like a crowded room so letting you know that's $250,000 <laughs> quarter of a million dollars just in 50 backers yep I tell you what, I think the Too pictures easy. and the stories that came out from Kerensky Con that they had helped that a lot. I I enjoyed Kerensky Con a lot. Um, I was I was thankful to be a plus one for uh, with Carl Franklin again. Carl, thank you so much. Um, I had a great time. Uh, I, my wife gave me the okay that if I wanted to do the five k, I could. But at the end of the day, um, I had kind of had to look at it as I can talk to those guys whenever I really want to. <laughs> and that's that's really what Kerensky Con is, is being able to go out and rub shoulders with the, with the big wigs and hear about what's upcoming and, and kind of a sneak a peek behind the curtain. Um, that's a Did lot of money. Did you guys get that here at Wolfnet Radio Podcast? <laughs> that's a lot of money. Um, so I Tommy, think, yeah, Tommy, I, uh, right off the bat, I, uh, seen if I secured enough brownie points for, um, to, to back the, the Kickstarter and, uh, 
I reminded my wife that I made a bunch of money for Gen Con by selling my minis and stuff. So she was like, "Yep, go for it." And I told her, uh, I told her the amount uh, that I did at the last Kickstarter, which was three fifty. And I didn't even know at that time what the uh, the amount was. So I went with Regiment, and then I kicked in another uh, Mercenary box, figuring that I will get the limited edition Mercenary box uh, in my Kickstarter and another additional Mercenary box um that I could open up and actually use the stuff inside instead of just leaving it in the wrapper. Um the uh after looking through everything, I came with the exact amount of force packs that I need that I would take. So, I'm all good. Uh leg no. wise, I have a hard time cuz I'm a Jade Falcon fan and there's no Jade Falcon swag. Uh, I think I'm going with Snow Ravens. I could go with that Aliyah Merchant, but I'm thinking that she might fall in the that lady might fall in the bitch category. So, <laughs> just like Martha. Uh, well, Martha was really good, and but really good people could also be a bitch too. So, I'm no, kind I of think, anxious. I'm, I'm thinking she, uh, that that lady that is in charge of that mercantile. Uh, place is a bitch and not a good one. We'll see. I want to. I want to continue on with books, and waiting for some more audiobooks to come out. So I'm looking for that for Hour of the Wolf. And um, yeah, I just uh, I've read a lot of comments. I got I I, I got into the rabbit hole of comments. I did oh, not do, do any comments. <laughs> I. Do not do the comments. And I, I got down in there and they're like, and I was really glad that I was, I stopped at regiment because there's a whole bunch of people who are like, what's the difference between regiment and battalion? And yeah, no, th- th- yeah. And, and if you, uh, th- th- there's other content creators that have done like way more breakdown than uh, we're going to do, but if all you want is plastic minis and you don't want anything else, um, yeah, then there's a a push for do double battalion. Um, because you get, because per mini, the price is lower, but then you double up on swag that you may or may not use it. So like, I, I, I feel like it, it's kind of a losing track of the, uh, forest for the trees, you know, but There's a there's a lot of people talking about that, yeah. Well, Tommy, you should be super excited about like the 5.5 million and on uh, uh, stretch goals because looks like it involves a lot of audiobooks. Well, yeah, I uh, so I put in more audio- put in more money, Tommy. Yeah, it's all up to you. Come on, wait. So what? Which Mr. one? I don't read. Uh, At 5.5, you get a rock and a hard place audiobook. At six million, uh, we get the uh, Mercenary Life anthology, um, as well as a heavy, he- uh, the heavy battle and sweep lances, which is looks like the J. Edgar, the Drillson, the Pike, and the Patton. You know, oh, I really like that. 
I, I was start. muted. I was muted, but you said oh. Jay Edgar, so I had to. <laughs> Uh, oh, but you also get close quarters uh, audiobook for 6.5. And you get cracked canopy cook. Oh, the cracked canopy cookbook. Ooh. Seven I, I, I was surprised dollars. nobody mentioned that. I, that. There's a lot of people looking forward to that. All I'm looking for is plastic. I really don't care about the audiobook. It will include uh, recipe PDF. It will include food and drink recipes with names drawn directly from backer suggestions. This was already begun during the live stream at Adepticon. Giving us such potential names as the Iridani Light Beer, Tutukiad Teriyaki, the Curd of Blake Mackey and Cheese, and of course, the Wolf Rangoons. Ooh. <laughs> I'm anxious to see the uh, Legends 2 book. I want to see some more paint schemes that we haven't before. I, uh, yes. I am, I am all about paint color schemes and finding out unit data. That is fun stuff. I, I think that the, the biggest thing that I've had to deal with as far as uh, fear of missing out is the universe book the uh the special edition one because it sounds incredibly awesome but for 200 bucks like i i can't spend 200 bucks on sight on scene like i i haven't seen how cool a book could be for 200 dollars. yeah um but i know that when it comes out that people are going to get it and then they're going to do like videos and unboxings of it i'm gonna go yeah, that's, that's probably worth 200 bucks yeah, yeah i should have got i should have gotten that um i am very excited for a couple of things one the uh i'm glad the tales of the bounty hunter anthology got unlocked i am i've always been a big fan of the bounty hunter uh i'm super excited about the kevlar um the kevlar uh, limited Kevlar edition box. box, the faux, the faux box. Uh, that's going to be just sexiness. That is going to be my uh, Alpha Strike 350 box that I take everywhere uh, going forward. Basically, Ooh, maybe I'll do that too. It's that's black and red, so that that helps. Um, I I offered up the uh, suggestion that they should do more colors, but uh, we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe I'll get a green one, and if if they don't do it, they, maybe I'll paint they it. They don't come in other one. colors. They don't that's come in why, other colors. That's why I'll paint it green. I yep. I tried tried to help you out there, Tommy, but uh, well, we'll see. Um, I really really want a 40th anniversary BattleTech shirt, so I think I'm gonna have to add on that. I had a uh, was it a Marauder on there? It's got a Marauder on it. That my eye looks, thought about that looks too. Pretty sexy to me. Um, but yeah, uh, it'll be day uh, zero when I probably uh, put my order in, just so I can see how we're doing, and uh, hopefully, I get to uh, select a lot of these uh, stretch goals that are well beyond. Is there any talk? Fantastic. Is there any talk when anything might go active after that for choices? No idea. You're going to shit yourself if the internet goes down for a day. <laughs> no, I'll I'll do it day before. <laughs> Just Whoa. in case. Bring the scissors. But, <laughs> Two uh, days before. <laughs> I 
again, I I think they're knocking the knocking on the door of the big dogs in the miniature wargaming uh, community with everything they're doing, and I think they're doing it great. Uh, I personally have no problem with them going the Kickstarter route. I know it's a I know some people have a lot of reservations about it, but they're going to do what they're going to do, and uh, this is the world we live in. So we will play along. Any other comments on that? Not yet. Uh, proliferation <laughs> pack. Yeah, I'm pretty bummed about that. I don't know what it is. It includes all seven original mechs, the Mackie, Weimer, Battleaxe, W, Gladiator, Icarus 2, Fire B, and Coil. I'm just pretty bummed that we weren't able to get any Choices? Yeah, well, just any of it. I mean... Even if we showed up Thursday morning, we still wouldn't have had a chance. It was gone Wednesday night. The convention didn't even <laughs> open till Thursday. I um, think that was a big problem. Yeah. I, 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 I guess I feel like you didn't really miss anything, Coach. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I look, I look at the list, and I'm like, it would be, it, like, it's a cool idea to have like all the originals. But uh, unless there is some sort of like uh, push that we have not yet seen to make all of these re- remake them in rec guides or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Which there I, shouldn't I, be. Yeah, I, I I don't. I have so much shame. I'm not going to add <laughs> more units to my shame and say, um, oh yeah, I'll paint them up for museum pieces. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, no, I, I, I don't have time to paint the stuff I need to get painted, let alone the stuff that would just be cool. I mean, some folks love the, also part of it is the era. I'm, I am not beholden to the age of war, you know, uh, for succession war kind of stuff, but some, some people maybe really enjoy that. So then this would be a godsend for them, but yeah, not really my thing. Well, so- how about the uh, urban mech lamps? Uh, that's stupid (laughs) the one thing i don't the one thing i don't like about that is didn't they do like a like a get an urban mech company promo or something like that yep yeah and then like a year later they're like oh and by the way you can get now all the different variants Uh, i don't know i mean i get the urban mech thing and it's a a niche Kind of a deal, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the only the only thing I'd be even remotely interested in is the Arrow Four Irby. Yeah, that's, that's the only also one because want. that's the only Irby I could ever see myself using on the table. Yeah, but running. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So to each their own. Everybody's got a flavor. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'll... my 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 knowledge. Uh, my view on urban mechs is well known. I will tell anyone that they are stupid. So. <laughs> I, I am in that same. I, I think they're so stupid. I used uh, the only urban mech that I got out of the original Kickstarter, and I chopped it up into bits and used it as basing material. I was I was going to, but then this is before the company or the the company Urban Mech Pack came out, um, and then I saw like on eBay that they were selling for like fifty bucks because you couldn't get them any other way other than from the Kickstarter, and I was like, 
I can't, I can't cut up 50 bucks, but now they're now they're not so collectible anymore. So, uh, who knows that might be, but, but no mech should ever have to run to turn around. That is true. I will, true. I will stand by that statement for my whole life. I, I don't mm. care what you say. I still like the annihilator. Yeah. Yeah. Garbage. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, moving along, how about uh, Snord's Irregulars, Lance Pack? I really want the Spartan. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, it coming out after Redemption Rights, like, it, because uh, we we don't have any Snord's fiction yet. Yet. There so, is no Snord's fiction? Not, not, not really. current. Uh, yeah. Only, like, tiny little snippets. Not really anything I, solid. I, <clears throat> but, don't uh, get me wrong on this, but I was a big Ron Snore fan when I started. Uh, there was the big CCG card. Yep. And that, there that was um, there was also some the source books and things like that. Yeah, but but nothing yeah. storyline really. Uh, a good book would be really nice. <laughs> yeah. Hint hint. Yeah. But, nudge, but, nudge, uh, eyes gives a wink to blind bat. Yeah, I think the Snorts box coming out after redemption rights because I, you know, like the the Spartan C was very prominent in that. Yep, that book so uh, gave all the Wolf Dragoons fans a reason to buy a Snorts Irregulars box. Mm-hmm. So, do you think they may have gotten this one out of order where they should have had some lore than the box set? Eh. No, eh. I I think eh. Snorts Irregulars is a pretty household name in BattleTech. And it is pretty pronounced. Yeah, uh, I like the I met, I like the mech lineup. the The jumping guillotine I, I kind of want as well. And I always love the Highlander, so another variant is is welcome. Yeah, I, I found it interesting that they went all the way in on doing the Franken mech. Yeah, I, that, I, that was interesting. That was a so that, that was a bold move, like Cotton. Like bold it. move. So is that is that gonna is the Franken mech like its own chassis or is this a miscombobulated? Uh, it, it's a yeah no it's it's a Franken mech a, a true one um, yeah okay it, it, I, I forget the guy's name but it's a, a rifleman Shorty with speed. like an archer arm there we go sneaky up um, but it's like a rifleman with an archer arm and a phoenix head phoenix hawk head um, it's very very Franken mechy. So would would that open the door where we're going to see a lot more Franken things happening? I hope not. Yeah, it's a unique. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be great right. to paint up. Oh yeah, It'd be fun. It'd be yeah. great painting mech. Yeah, lots of different colors because it's you know they're hodgepodging it. But nope, pretty happy. Um, yeah. Does anybody want? Next... Anybody want a special plushie? They had them there. No. I should have bought one, but I didn't. Would you what? sleep with a plushie, Matt? Would you would you sleep with a plushie? I think the Atlas would make a really good like leg pillow. Hmm. <laughs> but I, I don't want to give up my existing leg pillow, so I <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that can handle my leg pillow is the Atlas. No. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go um... assault neck when you're doing a leg pillow. Ah, but the Phoenix Hawk. Oh, has the Phoenix curves. Hawk. Uh, Phoenix right. Hawk it has curves. The, 
It does have the jump jet packs on it, so my it's got curves. You could you could maybe like lock your legs in easier. The, the archer, the archer. I think I I'd probably get like. We'll have, I'll have to test shape. it out. I'll have to test it out. Maybe they'll have them at Gen Con, and I'll just probably like, get a cramp from that one. I'll bring a pillow and a blanket, and I'll just test them out right there on the on the floor. <laughs> and then and then the urban mech. Uh... <laughs> Ray will just look at me like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I'm testing. I'm testing. testing we Ray. test. Test. You know we're all about playtesting here. <laughs> <laughs> the only Kodiak, um, the only the only plushie I want is a Kodiak teddy bear. I, I will say, oh, that would be oh. <laughs> I want my Kodiak or Grizzly teddy bear. I think you're on to something. They Kodiak, uh, Kodiak teddy bear. The, during one of the AMAs, and I don't know who uh, suggested it, but somebody <laughs> suggested um, making. Uh, scale size elemental points to sell with <gasps> the the Omni plushies, and then you can put like little Velcro on their hands and stick them oh. all over your your Omni Mech plushies. Oh, I was like, that would be, be hilarious. Cutest, that would be the cutest fucking thing ever. <laughs> to to tell you the truth, I would I would sleep with an elemental pillow. Oh, I think they said uh, my little we, snuggle. My little. I did snuggle. see when are we getting the uh, the uh, <laughs> elemental struggle, body struggle. pillow? The elemental body pillow. Uh, I'd, take, I'd, I'd buy one. I'd buy bigger two. than anybody's bed. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, its feet would hang no. off the end. Yeah, hundred percent. You'd be like dragging it down the hallway. I'm sleeping on the couch. <laughs> stuff like six pillows in it, just to... like the elemental is the couch, honey. Yeah, <laughs> like ooh, 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 elemental couch, elemental the couch, ele- <laughs> the elemental throw pillow. <laughs> like, oh, we need a new floor. I'm I'm a big fan of the Kodiak though. The plushy teddy bear that's a Kodiak, that's a good idea. Yeah. Might have to send that one up the chain. It's already there. All right. Um around the community, here we go. Tommy talks about the new things going on with list building podcasts. Yes. Um pretty soon. Uh well, once coach gets his stuff done with the two uh, that I that are in the works, I uh Gideon actually brought it up to me. He's like, "Hey, why don't you just do it on YouTube so everybody looks can watch you while you're doing it?" And I was thinking about that's a great idea. So I I got uh, a script coming up, and uh, I'll be working on the next podcast uh, as a YouTube podcast, and uh, hopefully, and, and don't worry about you people that only listen i'll it'll still be out on a regular audio <laughs> podcast too so that's what's new sweet uh epic testing Ooh, epic testing it's always Ooh. one week at a time it's, one week at a time i like it one week at a time one step at a um, time we got i know i know everybody's super excited but you also know how we work and we generally don't like to put something out for the public uh, until it's got our stamp of approval. Ever living shit tested out of it. Yeah. It, I mean, we, we don't even have, we're not at the point of even letting people understand what we got for rules. I mean, it would be a disaster letting it, you guys hear our rules. So, yeah. I'm making it's... a trinary, though. That's all I know. There you go. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. 
Goolsby will be happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll piggyback mm-hmm. on that. Um, we are reforming our testing format for Thursday nights. Um, I know we haven't done a 350 Thursday night throwdown in a while. Um, so internally, we're going to go back and forth. We got some. We got some things coming up that we all have to uh, uh, talk about first, but it, they'll be fun, I think. It's brand spanking new. Brand spanking new. Um, so it's exciting, but yeah, uh, we're not giving up on Epic. In fact, we're we're going full steam ahead with it. So, uh, but we like to put a product out that's right, not fast. So. Take that as it is, but hopefully when you get it in your hands, it'll be good. So uh, upcoming uh, events. All right. So upcoming events. Um can I recently... uh can yeah, I interject sure. here? Because I, I just looked at our uh, upcoming events and this one comes before all the rest of them. On April 30th, 2018, Wolfnet Radio put out baby steps. <laughs> so wow that was five years ago boys <laughs> holy, holy fudge buckets so in 21 days we're gonna have so one in out. 21 days um we might have, have fifth, to do fifth something. year anniversary episode we might have to do something let's see what what day does that fall on uh-oh that's a sunday night <laughs> would, 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 would this one be toddler steps <laughs> Baby steps, toddler steps. Uh, we might have to be called steps. the teenage years. Adolescent <laughs> we're, steps. We're all rebellious and hitting puberty. <laughs> <laughs> Trip, fall, get up, repeat. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm gonna have to write that down. Um. So anyway, <laughs> for upcoming events, maybe look out for April 30th, Sunday night. Maybe we should do a live cast. Maybe on YouTube. (laughs) Maybe. Definitely not a town hall. Not a town hall. No, 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 no. Regimental revelries was done once and it will never be done again. But but it would be it would be cool if we uh, put out an open call to all of our previous guests and, (gasps) and had them even if they just showed up for five minutes, it would be really cool to get as many people through as we could. Me. See how see how many pokes they can get at us. I can maybe <laughs> I can maybe start a Google Sheets and get a a call sheet out. So, but just just wanted to throw that out there. And by the way, this is totally just live right now. I just <laughs> yeah, but, five years but, is twenty one days away. But but you see though, like for for uh, those of you listening, this is how quick things happen here. <laughs> Bam, bam. No, I'm just kidding. Just, just, just kidding. Yeah, that's definitely we, a news bulletin. Our, our our normal our normal process would be okay, this this is happening. How do we play test? <laughs> how do we play test an upcoming anniversary? Um we need we'll to, have to have a dry run. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, April 30th, mark it on your calendars. I'm sure we'll do something. Now you can go, Andrew. All right. Upcoming events. Um, just added one to the list here this last week. Uh, we are going to be hosting Rumble on the River 
uh, here in Burnsville at Dreamers Vault, uh, same place that we did KSAG this last year. <clears throat> Looking at May 27th, it's a Saturday, starting at 10 o'clock. Uh, after that, we will be in Gen Con. Gen Con will be a two-day event. 48 players will be taking the top eight on the first day to play in a 350 championship the second day. For everyone who did not make the top cut, we will be running a full test of our doubles tournament. So uh, we are getting those more felt out, and we feel like Gen Con would be a good place to get some feedback. So uh, watch out for that. Uh, if you're thinking again, about uh, the top cut at Gen Con, we're going to swag the shit top cut. <laughs> so there you go um cooley con will be two weeks after gen con that'll be in i think that's it's in wisconsin yep there maybe across it's one of the two i'll be there okay. 32 person tournament i gotta figure that out and damn it gonzo you bothered me enough oh shit I committed I committed. I'm going to Wayfair weekend, November 3rd through the 5th in St. Louis. Uh, we will be running a uh, doubles tournament and a 350 tournament at Wayfair. You can go see your cousin. I can stop in and see my cousin. You can get, you get a police escort. This sweet. <laughs> she will, too. Woo-woo! <laughs> 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 No, uh, oh, that would be funny if we do a fake SWAT raid on Wayfair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, is it Wayfair or Warfare? Yeah, that's, I don't that's know. Warfare. It's warf- oh, Warfare. It's warfare, but it's like it's spelled Warfairy. So I don't know how you say it. Uh, I, I, way, was saying it wayfair. Be- I was saying yeah. Wayfair. I was saying Wayfair. I was thinking yeah, online. Online Warfare. shopping. Yeah. You're, you're gonna have to Warfare. find some big tax for that. So yeah. So Josh, do you have any shout outs for anybody out there? Oh man, I'd like to give a big shout out to Steve Mazel who put up with me, who drove all the way from Detroit to hang out and stay in the hotel with me because Denim wouldn't wouldn't do it because we we roomed no. at Nova and yeah, Never that again. man's taking his head. <laughs> Never again. So I'd like to thank Steve for staying with me, driving me around, hanging out with me, going out to eat, getting drinks, and just putting up with me three tables away playing Grinder the whole time. So thank you, Steve. Uh, I'd like to thank Will Danta and John uh, Vaporlock and Tweezer who came out and just hung out and like these guys just stood in the registration line with me for like three and a half hours, like. It's the only way I retain sanity on day zero. Uh, De La Cruz, John, and Toucan Stan, uh, you guys were excellent to hang out with and meet at the pizza party. Like, like honestly, it was everyone who I met at Adepticon was my favorite part of Adepticon. Like, I, I can't remember all of your guys' names. I will remember your faces. I'll remember the fun we have. And you guys just, like I said, made Adepticon the best event that I've been to. And it, denim shout out yeah, for you. So obviously, all of the the 
all of the podcast people who came out that Josh already mentioned the uh, the the <laughs> pizza party was a fantastic blast. Uh, I will also add uh, Dan Hazlitt, my friend who also lives in Chicago, and he's on the on the Discord. Um, he uh, hung out with me for a bit, but more importantly, he took all the stuff I couldn't cram into my suitcase and he shipped it home for me. So uh, eventually, I got uh, I got all the stuff from there. Um, and um, you know, I I had a great time. Everybody that I met uh, on the CDT that uh, that I had known, um, they had known their handles, but never never knew their face. Um, Arthur Garlic, uh, he was fantastic. Um, all the guys I had to put up with me in my room because oh man, we all snored, but uh, but it was a fantastic time, and um, I just I just had a blast. So yeah, all those people. Well, I want to thank both of you for coming on the show tonight. Um, that was awesome. Uh, glad we could finally pair up the two podcasts uh, together. Sorry it wasn't sooner, but, you know. I was like, I literally had to go to an event, win it, for you to invite me on. You it. claimed yourself as a professional Alpha Strike player. <laughs> I had to see how good you actually were, and then, then we then we could uh, move forward. <laughs> like, I'm, 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 I was honestly hoping I could beat Mr. Brute's record of the, 20, the 20 to objective points and the five wins and i was like oh that that stream game against chris he's like no he's going to kill himself early so you can't get four points i was like don't do this to me chris i need this <laughs> well i i know uh personally brute was very sad that he couldn't make this event and i know a lot of players there who were sad because they wanted to Test their grit against uh, the almighty Mario, apparently. So yeah, it's just uh, it's because we've missed each other at the events like Southern Assault. We hung out, but we never played each other, and we got uh, first and second. So it's like we're always neck and neck. Well, the Masters tournament just got over. Maybe maybe in a couple of years we'll <laughs> uh, do a special invite and uh, have all the champions come, and we'll just do one big uh, big brawl between the the winners so there we go oh yeah that'd be fun maybe at wolfcon (laughs) 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 anyway thank Uh, you guys so much for coming on the show yeah thanks thank you very much time thank you thank you guys go to bed good and a good night's sleep thanks all right all right, let's see how long this one, because now I know when you record. Now I get to see when you guys upload. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all based on this guy right here, Charles. Yeah, Charles yeah. This is a history beef, and then a day or two later, I try to get it out. So, yep. Bloodbath, coach. Andrew. I don't have a lot of edits right now, so oh, must be nice. Uh, Charles, uh, Tommy, thanks for having us on to talk about. Yeah, this was fun. Adepticon. I wish we could have actually hung out longer. I will, next time I will arrange a day to just hang out. That's my biggest oh, takeaway. Just hang out. Are either are, yeah, are either are either of you guys going to Gen Con? Uh, not, uh, not not the same year I go to Adepticon. I can't. Yeah. I I just can't do it. To do two in the in the same year. Okay. Um, either but, way, we'll link up sometime. Yeah. Well, I, I at least got to spend some time with with the two. Of you got pointing. I'm pointing at your cameras right there. Uh, the two. You, a, a bit, um, you know, before the grinder started, uh, when when you guys were doing your tournament and stuff and setting it up, um, yeah, yeah, uh, it was it was good hanging out with you guys a little bit. Well, maybe we'll have to invade Raleigh one of these one of these months or something like that. Yeah, not do this it. year. 
I mean, yeah. I'm 10 minutes away from the airport. Like you stop in oh. for a layover oh. like right there. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> we'll we'll set up some games at Hangar 18. We will we will play. Hell, I'll even play Alpha Strike if you want. I don't care. Ooh. <laughs> oh. I, right. I would play Alpha Strike twice a year. One, The one practice game to make sure I remember how to roll dice to land on 12, and the second one is the event. <laughs> the event. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Still got it? Yeah, we got it. All right. Well, you guys right, have a guys. good night, and we will uh, talk to you soon. All, All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. See you Thanks. later. And that brings us to... Shout outs and resolutions. <laughs> We're still doing resolutions. Copy paste. Copy paste issues. Just shout out. Wow. January. Well, I can tell you that I have not fulfilled my uh, resolution yet. I, oh, I, I'm in between jackets. I haven't decided which jacket I'm going to buy. So I'm, I'm, I'm there with you, coach. I'm, I, I have not completed mine. I, I have, I have work stacking up, but have, need to get it done i've done a lot more painting i'm I'm doing well well good well we're all really happy for you Bernie. thanks <laughs> thanks way to go way uh, to stick to your objectives right <laughs> overachiever <laughs> way to not suck so i think oh we'll do... there's plenty of time for that in the off time that's true i think we'll do our shout outs uh andrew do you have some shot uh, a whole bunch of shout outs I have shout outs. <laughs> you have like three paragraphs of shout outs. Take a deep you, breath. Take, if you were in attendance at Adepticon. Buckle in. I'll try and get through these really quick. Um, it's mm-hmm. been a busy month. Uh, first, first, I uh, want to give a shout out to James Topa. Uh, congratulations on his retirement from 33 years in the Air Force Reserve. Uh, Outstanding, sir. Yay! <laughs> uh, I got to give a shout out to Greek Fire on his April Fool's joke. Uh, <laughs> oh, Dude, I've been hard on that, and I lit him up on a Discord, and and then was kindly pointed out of what the date was, and everyone got a good laugh. So you thought you were going to go back to the war you, dog, you, didn't you? You, you got a good one in there. Well done. Uh, Matt Cross, he uh, sent me some BA, a battle armor. Um, I won't say more than, other than thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, Eric, Gonzo, and Mizzy, uh, two people who played at our uh, Adepticon um, 350 tournament. They're also the hosts for the uh, Warfare Weekend. Uh, they had some very kind words, and I appreciate uh, the shout-out on their podcast. Um on behalf of Wolfnet Radio Podcast, I wanted to congratulate <clears throat> Cattle's Game Labs on another monster Kickstarter. Um, thank you. And I, I know we have no idea how much work goes into that, but um, we appreciate it. Josh Vargas for winning the our first AS350 at Adepticon. And to everyone who uh, came out and played at Adepticon, uh, we'll continue to say the only reason that we have the success that we do is because you all come out and support us. So um, thank you for doing that. I know it's time and money, and we appreciate it. Uh, well, shout out to Brent Evans uh, for making my Adepticon convention. Um, just being able to find a quiet place to hang out, drink a bottle of tequila, and talk smart. Um, <laughs> it's always fun. I always really enjoy that. Um, and to uh, Mary and Alex Campen 
and to all the CDT agents for all the work that they put into for a, success, a successful Adepticon. Um, everything was over the top and well run. Um, thank you guys for all your efforts there. Um, that's me. Aaron, shout outs. I'm going to anti-shout out Brent Evans uh, for uh, <laughs> sharing a bottle of tequila so we can bring him back to zero shout outs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're just mad that you're rough, got rough with it. Now that you're not blacked yeah. out now. I do not drink tequila. Um, <clears throat> uh, I want to thank John Helfers for the possible promise that he will keep. Um, I want to thank Randall and Lauren for uh, letting us bend their ear a little bit. I want to thank um, Sam for uh, making two uh, 350 tournaments in a row. Um, oh, you Sam. got a shout out. You got a shout out, Sam and Mizzy. The first Sam and Mizzy. We had our first all female 350 tournament uh, round. Game. Around. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. That was very cool. Nice. Uh, that was very Trakina. Uh, let's see. Who else? I want to thank my cousin Andrew for putting up with me for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> good job, Andrew. We know how tough it is. We had, I, uh, hey, we had I, a good time. I tried, to play good time. I tried to play footsie with him, and uh, I think he just uh, took it. So thank you for that. <laughs> and for uh for the extended uh night stay saturday night to appease my x-wing buddies um that was fun uh let's see i want to thank chris hesby and the bovies for uh being there yeah. uh to for us to roll some dice that was awesome i really appreciate that guys you don't know how much that means to us when we can actually Play BattleTech instead of uh, do what we do at these conventions. BattleTech or Alpha Strike? Uh, Alpha. Alpha Strike. <laughs> um, I want to thank all the guys who went to Buffalo Wild Wings after our third restaurant we tried to go to, I think. Uh, that was a fun time. I just uh, basically everybody, I, I, I apologize to everybody that I couldn't hang out with more. Again, it, it Really sucks for me to to miss out on that part, but I really wish I I just and we're gonna do better on that in, in the future. So, but uh, yeah, just thank you to everybody at Adepticon for being as awesome as you were. So, uh, Charles, Charles. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a minute. Um, so, uh, Rob uh, R. Uh, for running an a, a 350 uh, in, it's 350 he is altered to fit his uh, local group but it's a 350 tournament out there at uh, Infinite Realms in Eastern Ohio uh, reached out to me sent him off some uh, stickers and swag stuff to be able to hand, hand out to everybody who went uh, sounds like it was a, a good turnout and a good time um, Jeremy Ciccone, um sent me a couple of uh, he is a uh, uh, shrapnel I know listeners can't hear or can't see this, but um, he sent a couple of uh, sh copies of shrapnel that he was uh, 
published in uh, he that he autographed to be able to add to prize support. Um, cool. Thank you for that, Jeremy. I wasn't able to get it to the guys before Adepticon was going to happen, so I, I'll haul it to Gen Con. So we'll, we'll get it added to the price support there. It's not um, like we won't have another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, everyone who came out to Genghis Khan um, last month uh, in my pre-post time-bending shout-outs from last month, um, I now know all of you came it was great um so i really appreciate all you folks who came out and played um especially those of you who are kind of at the end of the table where i just hung out because we had quite a few new players that were kind of all grouped together um so i just hung out and it was a a, a real pleasure to be able to to slash teach um and just kind of walk through that process with everybody um especially uh Special shout out from Gagas Khan to uh, Neil, the Elder Verm, um, for showing up at the very last second. I was about to have to play. I had my minis out on the table and everything, and then he walked in. So he was oh. able to uh, he was able to take a spot, and I could then go to. So you you saved me, Neil. <laughs> uh, and then uh, David uh, Cerberus for being my uh, co-conspirator on toing um, that event um he took care of the the uh, streaming table and all the streaming i took care of all the other folks so it, it worked out real well um and also for play testing um some of the epic rules um so i could get my um uh, my hands dirty working on those um uh, mr uh, philip lee um for putting my name on the front cover of shrapnel i really appreciate it it's uh uh kind of mind-blowing like it's definitely like in my head it was like achievement achievement unlocked um so means a lot to me so thank you very much for that um and then all of the kind of og mech warriors we've had running around um the discord and facebook um because i i've been saying um a lot apparently i'm nervous for some reason <laughs> uh all the og mech warriors we've had run around the the discord I would not have taken the chance to get into writing if it wasn't for the feedback that you guys have given me, you guys and gals have given me over uh, the years um, to encourage me to keep writing all the way back from um, those original like uh, battle reports. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for the encouragement. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have written I wouldn't have submitted anything to Shrapnel if it wasn't for you. So, thank you. You're starting to get off the hook just like Aaron and Andrew with gaming, huh? What are you talking oh, by TOing? TOing yeah. instead of playing? Yeah. yeah well, man, no. Like seriously, I was like, god, when and, and I was playing uh Matt uh Matt Northman uh who I played at LVO. And I, and I sat down across from him like, oh, man, we like we just literally did this. So <laughs> here, here we go, you know. And then uh, Neil like walked up. He's like, hey, like where, where where's my spot? What, you know, where am I supposed You're to right. be? And I was like, you are right here. This is your <laughs> spot. Let me get out of your way, sir. It was perfect timing. I think if any anybody can challenge us is to push us out of a player's spot so we can work the event instead of having to play and take up a spot where someone else could learn and benefit. 
That was uh, super Tom, awesome. You getting the cover though, by the way, man. That that was yeah, yeah. that was fantastic. Well, you. you didn't uh, you didn't see me, but uh, I was doing the wave over here when you said <laughs> that. I was like. <laughs> I still can't see you. I still can't see yep. you. I, I thought I'd give you a bourbon. Uh, that's fantastic. So thank you. Yeah, no, I felt I felt bourbon in in that. <laughs> Tommy, shout outs. Uh, so I I haven't uh, talked to too many people lately. I've been really super busy, and uh, I think uh, Seth White Fox needs a shout out and. Um, and it, and the and the guy that hasn't been named too much today, uh, Mario and Shay, still. Shay and Mister Shay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we go with uh, Shay and Mister. Hey, Mister Shay. Let's go with that one. I I know they just got a new puppy, so I uh, <laughs> hope they're having fun. So, and thank you, Seth. Uh, appreciate you. White fox. Uh, my shout outs, uh, I'm going to throw Dave Moe out there for continuing to have Saturday Night Movie Night to crew. Um, that is a lot of fun, and there's a lot of discussion along with watching some mecha um, cartoons and anything else that we can find um, on the Discord if anybody hasn't seen that yet. Um, also, um, again, Mario Garzolini for Tuesday night fight nights, uh, putting that on continuously for uh, seems like how many years. And uh, that is a lot of, it's a lot of work too, because I, I've had to do it before myself, uh, setting up the rule sets and all that, plus picking out scenarios and chassis and um, the map sets, but everybody putting in their two cents on it helps make a really neat, um, a really neat event every week. And that's fun too. Just seeing like, what are we going to run this week? Whether it's some type of chassis or some type of faction. Um, also gold Bishop for uh, diorama inspiration that's been going on for almost 18 months um hopefully he can work something out of what i sent him it was like a heavy package uh and also brushito and brushito exchanging paint challenges and lots of crazy new processes with me to help me figure out a few things and to help challenge him too he he loves some of those, but he also detests some of them. He's like, ah, oh, I was going to move on to a different topic. I'm like, oh, but don't you want to do this? Like, no, not right now. <laughs> so a lot of fun working with people. And um, this community is awesome. And let's keep it going. Um, nothing can stop us now. So with that, any comments, questions, concerns, you can reach us at WNRP at WolfStreetGoons.com or you can find us on YouTube, Discord, Patreon, Facebook, Queensboro. And wish you a great evening and a pleasant tomorrow. And happy Easter. Woof. <laughs> oh, man, I totally forgot I was going to kick out the idea of at Gen Con if I hear anybody 
wolf howl, I'm going to wolf howl back. You can put it in a snippet with Aaron. Well, right there. We'll, have, a, we'll have another yeah. one. We'll have another one before we get to Jim. Do that in the five years. April 30th. <laughs> there, there we go. Yeah. Right around the corner. <laughs>